This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's got some unfinished business. A whole lot of unfinished business. But we gotta leave it unfinished or else we cross over to the other side and then we're gone for forever. Yeah. And then it's just gonna be our guest, Sean from Experience Grind, just doing this show on his own because we're crossed over. We're gonna be in heaven or hell or wherever we go. I don't know. Nobody wants that. Let's, let's be real. Some people do. Let's, well, let's maybe a handful. The Sean Show? Oh. Sean would love that. <laughs> it, it would be like the Tom Green Show, but in only audio format. Can you imagine that? But it's me instead of some Canadian? You could have a whole game based on just an audio format. Just what are you putting your butt on? <laughs> Currently, a chair. That's boring. That's not fun. You got to put different things under it. And you go, my bum is on the, and then just leave it. And that could be like how you end every episode. <laughs> people got to fill in the blank. My bum is on the blank. Whoever's closest wins a prize. What does closest even entail at that point? Like, oh, you said apple, but it's, it's a, a pear under there. Yeah, uh, that's pretty freaking close. Well, at least it wasn't an orange. You can't compare apples and oranges. Yeah, uh... they got a fruit. <laughs> like, I was looking at my Yankee candle lid. Yeah. So, like, if I sat on that and somebody said a pear, not even close. If they said an apple, they're pretty close. Is it an apple candle? It's a pear-scented candle, no. then they'd be very close, actually. Why would it be close if it's not an apple-scented candle? It's just a candle lid. I'm saying it's not close. It can't be close, because it's not a fruit. All right, this feels like a Monty Python thing starting out here. Yeah, for the sure. self-defense against just fruit being attacking you and all that stuff. Anyways, hi, folks. I'm Sean. <laughs> it's Sean. The spooky boy. He's very spooky. We brought on our most ghostly friend that we could. Yeah, I'm super white. <laughs> Which is appropriate because today we are talking about 1995's Casper, directed by famous director Brad Silberling. I like to call him TV pilot whisperer. That's actually not a bad gig if you can get it. This guy has directed so many TV pilots that have gotten picked up, it's insane. That's awesome though, because if you direct a TV pilot and it gets picked up, you get residuals throughout the whole run because you were the one who set the tone for it. Yeah. So good for you. That's why you have like... Scorsese directing the pilot of Boardwalk Empire and then not coming back and that show looking nothing like the pilot, <laughs> which is probably for the better because that pilot is insane. So if you were to direct just one episode of any show, it would be the pilot. That's the one to go if for. If you had to, yeah. That makes sense. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, this guy is all over the CW right now. And let's not forget Nick Cage in City of Angels. I'll never forget. How could you? There's a Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> song about it. That song keeps living on, and everyone keeps forgetting Nick Cage is in that movie. Do you guys remember the 2009 Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell? Because he directed that, too. This guy's fascinating. He is all over the place. And he did Casper from 1995. Brian, have you ever seen this thing before? Uh, more times than any movie we've ever talked about. For real? Yes, absolutely. This one had more of a nostalgia factor for me than even Power Rangers did. Damn! Yeah. Sean, what about you, bud? Dude, I have watched this movie way more 
times than I've watched anything that I've talked about with you boys before. Same this page. This is just insanity. Uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to take Brian's answer there because like, I've only been on like three episodes. But legitimately, I have seen this movie so many times and I don't even remember if I like demanded you guys like in private talk for me to come on here or if you like reached out to me. But either way, I was thrilled that day that I knew that I was coming on to talk about this movie. What we did was we actually took pictures of all of our friends and lined them up based on skin tone. <laughs> Not supposed to do it that way. I, I understand. Yeah, that's... But that's how we had to do it, because we had... It was a ghostly movie. We needed a pale boy. Right. It was crazy. I looked more like stretched than anybody, but it worked out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Dave, have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it a whole bunch. Not more than anything I've ever seen on the show, but I've seen it a whole bunch, and every single time, there's things that surprise me. Yeah, I think that's fair. You want to get into this thing? There's... A lot, but also not. There's a lot, running but theme also lately. not. Yeah, that's exactly the theme. That's fair. We open up on a couple of youngins sneaking their way into a big old spooky cliffside mansion, as you as do. As you do. This place is looking pretty haunted, and these kids are here to snap a quick Polaroid inside the house to prove that they're not cowards to their classmates. They're not fraidy cats. No, but I like how they have this argument about who's going to take the picture and who's going to be in the picture now. They both need to be there, or else no one's going to believe them. It's like... Do you only have one picture? Guys, take two is pictures. Is that what this is? You only got one shot, eight mile style? Talk about like a super, like like a little time capsule to bring you back to the early 90s where these two eight-year-old kids are just wandering around the neighborhood and stumble <laughs> upon a man, like a, a spooky mansion. They're like, let's take pictures. Like I, I watched this and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when we could do that. No, we used to just do that, just go into random abandoned houses all the time. And I'm yeah. not saying that in a funny way. That is how Legit. we lived. <laughs> yeah. Good old 90s. Just carry my Polaroid camera to all the abandoned houses. I never had a Polaroid camera. No, I always felt a little jealous about that, though, because I feel like that would just be a badass thing. Like, you could just be the Polaroid guy. Everyone's going to want pictures. It's true. I had I got my first Polaroid a couple of years ago and it like looks like a digital camera from like 19 or not 19 but from like 2009 where it's like thin and svelte and it feels like I'm cheating but you take a picture and it like just comes out the side and it's crazy but I want like one of the old boxes Yeah, I think I'd be more one that like rewarding. flips up and it opens yeah. up and it has oh, yes, for the flash. Please. Yeah. You got to have the yeah, giant thing or it's not worth it. Mhm. So a disembodied voice shows up and offers a solution to these two dumb kids who can't take two pictures. And he's like, guys, guys, I'll take the picture. And then the camera floats in the air, snaps a photo, and the boys run away screaming while the photo develops on the floor and the credits play, you know, the opening credits to the movie. Sure, and you have to know that this is a ghost who took this picture because no human being ever wants to offer their service to take a picture of other human beings voluntarily, especially strangers, because that involves human interaction, and no thank you. I spent an entire afternoon in Iceland. Just, I was so lonely, dude. This was during my solo trip, and it was like four days in, and I needed interaction with humans in such a, such a way that I literally spent an afternoon taking pictures of people in front of a waterfall for free. Oh man, <laughs> no joke, man. I was like at the point where like I need to talk to somebody or interact with somebody. <laughs> I needed it, and everybody was like, "Wow, that was a really friendly ghost." <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's probably what's just like ingrained in his head is like, if it worked for Casper, maybe I can make friends this way too. <laughs> exactly. Didn't have quite the same reaction as good old Caspi, though. No, he ran away screaming. That's probably good. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. 
We cut to Kerrigan Crittenden, played by Kathy fucking Moriarty. Crushing it. Absolutely slaying it. She has one of the best voices you can have. I stand by that. If you had to pick a voice, it's a good one to have. It's very distinguishable. Like, watching this movie again for the first time in, like, 10, 15 years, I heard her voice just the first time. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is that is a tone in this movie. Well, when I saw her the first time, I was like, is that Madeline Kahn? Kind of looks like Madeline Kahn. And then I heard her. I was like, that is not. But damn it, that's a voice. Ben Stein has just delivered her the terrible news that her recently deceased wealthy father gave his entire fortune to environmental causes, and she got a condemned seaside property in Maine called Whipstaff Manor. Worst things to get. Honestly, she seems pretty bummed about getting a mansion. And I'm like, come on, lady. It's a mansion. Which is weird. You can't buy a, a broken down two-bedroom apartment for less than 300000 right now. That sounds like a fucking get. She got a mansion for free. Yeah. And she was so mad she threw the deed into the fireplace. And that's when the secret message appeared, revealing that Whipstaff has treasure hidden inside. It does. And if I ever have one of these situations where something's on fire and I need someone to get it out in a comedic way, I'm hiring Eric Idle. Eric fucking Idle. Apologies to the whole Idle family. You're right. He's so good. He's playing Dibs, which is a name. <laughs> Every time she said Dibs, I was like, on what? <laughs> Stop calling things. Damn it. She got everything before me. Do, do people still say that? Dibs? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 100%. Okay. Okay. I was about to say, we are totally, like, just age-restricting, age-gating this podcast by just saying old people shit. Gen Z don't know about dibs. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of the times, like, all right, if you have a bunch of, like, strangers that you're around and you want something, you call dibs on that. Everyone respects dibs. Everyone, yeah. Dibs and But if you're around a bunch of friends, you ask them, like, beer you that pen or something like that. That's true. That's how you know you're in the friend area. Real quick. Real real question, because I need to know this for future life uh, situations. Shotgun or dibs on front seat, which takes priority? Shotgun. Shotgun, of course. Okay. Everybody listening, that is fact. Live by those rules. If you call dibs, you're in the trunk, and we're going to drive out to the Pine (laughs) Barrens and take care of you. (laughs) Shotgun and fives are just subsets of dibs. But by being more specific... Fives is when you give yourself five minutes precedence. to come back to doing whatever wow. you need to do. Yeah, basically, don't sit in my seat. I got fives like, on that. If you're on, at a bar or something, you get up fives. Person next to you, got to respect. It's true. People say that at a bar? <laughs> I've never said it in public, no. That's, okay. That's usually like a living room. I was about to say, I have never heard that at a bar, ever. <laughs> I've done it in a bar, but I'm also a very lonely man. So it <laughs> could be my way of, of asking people to take pictures of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah, I got fives. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> just trying to watch the game. Gen Z is like, you just keep getting what? up every two seconds calling fives, trying to make a human connection. Fuck you, bud. I wish somebody would sit in my seat so I could have a conversation with him about that. <laughs> hey, man, did you not hear me call fives? Oh, What's how cool deal? would it be, though, if somebody sat down in that seat and you get to talk to them? Because you want that interaction. You go, excuse me, sir, you're in my seat. I called fives. Gets real hairy there. Does he get up? Does he not? You understand that type of person, if he's going to be a future friend or if you have a mortal enemy. What if it was a new person in the bar and they're like, I didn't hear you say fives. What do you do then? Then you hope the guy next to you is cool. Yeah. And backs you up and says, dude said fives. He did say fives. (laughs) Oh, man. Someone's going to get their ass kicked. You listen to this episode doing this in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be so lucky. (laughs) 
That'd be hilarious. So Kerrigan and Dibs, they go, they go to Whipstaff Manor. They're like, hey, fives on this conversation, Ben Stein. No, they didn't but they don't go back. They, they got him out of the movie, and that hurt. It, yeah, I was like, why you got to make Ben Stein mad? He was in like everything in the early 90s. Pretty much. They show up at the mansion, and they're greeted by Casper, voiced by Malachi Pearson. Malachi fucking Pearson. And this is an introducing Malachi Pearson. Sure is. Guess what he's done since? What? Pretty much only Recess, the cartoon. Do you, do you remember Recess, though? I, I very much do, but this guy didn't do anything. He didn't go anywhere. They gave him an introducing, and they were like, now we're good. This guy's going places. As to why you're dropping a fucking on this guy, then. Unless it's just for this movie. Oh, it's for this movie. Okay. Because I feel like when I listen, and you guys drop a fucking as a middle name, it's because they're kind of like awesome all around. It's usually for that performance specifically. I got to call time out very quickly because I just Googled Malachi Pearson because when I looked up his picture on IMDb, nothing. It was just Casper. It's like, yeah. that is not him. That is Sean Muldowney from the Experience Crime Podcast because <laughs> he's pale as a ghost. Yeah. Could you imagine if my head looked like that? That'd be dope. First of all, he's 40 now. So just put that into perspective. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, he must have been a kid when he did this. He would have been the same age as... He was 14, so he was the same age as Christina Ricci. But when you look at his pictures, you see a guy who has a big old beard just standing there. It's a Wikipedia page. I don't know if it's actually him or not. Second picture is Devin Sawa. Third picture, Eli Manning. In that order. Of course. When you you Google pictures of Malachi Pearson from Casper. (laughs) Wow. That's a solid combination of people, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I want to say one of these things is not like the other, but all those three things are exactly like the other. And yet, still all very different. <laughs> when Casper shows himself to these two, they scream, because, you know, ghost. But that wakes up his uncles, who scare them out of the house entirely. And they're like, all right, we got to do something about these ghosts in this mansion. So they hire Father Guido Sarducci, played by Dan Novello. Dan fucking Novello. There it is. That is a role from Saturday Night Live. And Guild Alive. And Square Pegs. And it's Gary Shandling's show. And a thousand other things. He's played this character so many times. So this is a recurring character. This makes way more sense. He delivered the invocation for the rally to restore fear and the march to, or the rally to restore sanity and the march to keep fear alive in DC back when Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart did that. Father Guido Sarducci is one of those very, very famous comedy acts. What the hell is it doing in a Casper movie? That's see, it was lost on little me for sure. It was lost on adult me till yesterday when I went, I know that. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm still confused. He seems super familiar, and there should be a reason for that. And then I looked in and was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, it's because he's been in everything. Okay. Famous just by being in everything. Yeah, and also, like, all of the cameos in this movie are so geared towards just, like, the pop stuff, like, the pop culture stuff of that time, and then, like, 10 years prior. <laughs> That's pretty so, much all it is, yeah. though. It's it's for parents. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> well, the kids will like the Casper story, and the parents need something fun to pull them into, I guess. That's the, that's the secret dick joke of the movie. It's just <laughs> cameos. Because I know I definitely didn't appreciate the next cameo as much as a kid as I did as an adult, even though I knew about it as a kid. Right. Like, I, I got it, but as an adult, I popped so much when I saw the next cameo, I'm like, Oh, yeah. That's in this movie? How the fuck did they pull that off? And that's because 
Ray fucking stance. Dan fucking Aykroyd shows up. Because obviously Father Guido Sarducci can't get the ghost out of the house. So they call the Ghostbusters. A Ghostbuster. It's, there's no S. Unless the other singular... three died in the mansion. No, they, they'd haunt that bad boy. For sure. Because <laughs> the three uncles seem pretty cool to hang out with. They sure do. But he's like, who are you going to call? Somebody else. <laughs> it's a great line. So good. Kerrigan even goes as far as hiring a demolition team to tear down the entire house because he can't haunt what isn't there. Well, they're trying to get this treasure. She doesn't know where it is. She just figures if I knock this thing down, it'll just reveal itself probably. Yeah. Does she not see anything with like the, the Indian burial grounds? You think this is like a poltergeist situation? I mean, it could be. That was going to be one of the cameos in the movie. <laughs> right? Just like really? coach walking in. Be like, ah, I know this situation. Goodbye. Uh, no, they were going to have Zelda Rubenstein shooting from the oh, chimney. Oh, that shouting, is so much better. Light. Yeah. Even if she came in at like the end or something like that, like this house is cleansed or whatever it is. Like, Go toward yes, the light please. with the line. They even filmed it, but it got cut. Foolish. Silly. But the ghosts scare away the demolition team too. And, they're, and she's like, you're strong construction male types. This should be, this is your bread and butter. Why are you scared of ghosts? And Casper's really just bummed because he's scared off all of his potential friends. But I like how he flies up to that front gate because there's no restraints or anything on where they can haunt, I think. And like he's halfway through the gate, halfway not because he's a ghost. And he's just like, oh, come back, friends. Friends. I grew up to be Eli Manning one day, according to Google Images. (laughs) I do really appreciate that in this movie, there really is no restrictions as to where they can haunt or where they can go. You see the uncles coming back from, like, a beach vacation. Casper leaves and, like, takes over a telephone wire to, like, a TV set, like, in town. The uncles have to eat food. Yeah. I don't know if they have to. I think (laughs) they just enjoy doing it. (laughs) What are the rules? We may get there. I don't know. I don't know if we will, because I don't know that they ever stick to anything they establish. (laughs) (laughs) Casper's flipping through the channels, watches some Mr. Rogers and some cartoons where they're like ghost which is actually a casper cartoon ironically enough and he comes across a news story about dr james harvey played by bill fucking pullman not paxton are you saying not paxton i will always this in the past those. a million times not specifically this role but the man in general and just his name that's fair i know the two men i just can never remember which one is associated with which name i think it's because like they were super popular when we were kids and like we're Young and Dumb and Bill P and Bill P. Bill P. Like, you just hear the names and you think of the wrong one. I need some sort of mnemonic device. Like, Paxton was in a twister and... That's all you got. (laughs) That's all you need to remember then. There's a T in in Paxton. T for twister. And and Bill Pullman was the president, which starts with a P. Oh, shit. Paxton starts with a P, Son of a bitch. That's why you got to come up with a song. I'm just a bell. Yes, I'm only a bell. And I'm sitting here... Pulling on Capitol Hill because Pullman president, uh, president Capitol yeah, Hill, no. That's huh? Good. Into Pullman's day, it's mm. <laughs> <That's> a stretch. <laughs> Not talking about the ghost this time. Yeah. Oh, hey, stretch. I get it. Because which one of them is dead? Paxton. Paxton. I was going to say all three of them. Did you watch <laughs> the movie? It's a movie about ghosts. Lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> so not Pullman. Pullman is still very much alive. Got He's it. He's still the president in my heart. In everybody's heart, really. Dr. Harvey is a ghost therapist, and he explains that he, he tries to help ghosts come to terms with their unfinished business so they can cross over into whatever afterlife awaits them. 
And he became an afterlife therapist. <laughs> in effort a ridiculous to... concept. It is. But is it, though? Like, so it many people... It is, but so many people, like, pull off this bullshit. Like, look at Miss Cleo. Like, <laughs> same fucking thing. She's a ghost now, right? I think so. Yeah, she's yeah. dead ski. But anyways, you got, like, her and, like, the people that, like, claim to, like, cure people by smacking them in the forehead. Like, it's all <laughs> fucking rooster <laughs> game. Mediums, yeah. Yeah. I just, like thinking about people with unfinished business like proper like think of elvis yeah he kicks the bucket while on the can that's and he has to go and die and he's just staring at toilets the rest of his life like man I'm still backed up really got this that business <laughs> was it he he that died eating a sandwich on the toilet or was that like Jimi hendrix i remember forrest gump it comes up in that movie elvis just plain out died while on the on the toilet Mama Cass died while eating a sandwich. I know that because of Austin Powers. That's the same. That's how I know. Oh, no. That's the movie that I'm thinking of, not Forrest Gump. Wow. Not even close. Elvis was in Forrest Gump, if that helps. You feel better. That doesn't. It does. (laughs) It really doesn't. Karate, man. That's from Walk Hard. (laughs) Nobody knows karate, but (laughs) I can't do that joke because of racism. (laughs) Right. It's two people. And one of them's me. There it is. <laughs> That's a good way to pull the shoot on that one. So Dr. Harvey, right? Bill Pullman? Yep, he be- not Paxton. He- exactly. He became an afterlife therapist in an effort to find the ghost of his late wife, Amelia. And the news is like... Hard copy is like... Yeah, that's right. Hard copy is like... They've also got a teenage daughter. A loner daughter. She is a loner. I love how sassy the show is. Right? That is Dr. James Harvey with his piece of shit kid. (laughs) She doesn't have any friends. (laughs) If she were on Sesame Street and they were learning how to count and they did it with friends, they wouldn't even bother starting. I'll be alone. Clap, clap, clap. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the corner song. I think this one might actually deserve it. It's Christina fucking Ricci. She's terrific. She is delightful in this movie. This is like peak Ricci, too. (laughs) <laughs> like Wednesday Adams is really good, Richie. I think yeah. here is where she gets to like, she's getting to that area where she's getting a little too old to be that creepy young kid. Right. After this, you don't need to Richie no more. You've made it. You've made it. Good job. <laughs> As ghosts like to say, boo. Yeah, that was, all, that was both very good and awful. Thank you. Well, I kind of made a frowny face at his joke and I laughed at your stupid ass boo joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real peek into my mind, folks. You were waiting for that, too. You were waiting for me to make a dumb joke so you could say boo. Nope, just waiting for you to finish your dumb sentence so I could say boo. That's <laughs> totally fair. Casper travels via electricity, as we know ghosts always do, and he chases down Kerrigan around her hotel room with the news story, with the hardline story, until she has an epiphany that she should hire this Dr. Harvey guy in the TV that follows her around. I love that, though, because... He goes on the TV, turns it to hard light, and then he has to like turn the TV around, which yeah. makes me think, where the hell was this thing facing the start? It was facing her bed. It eventually faced the bed. He turned around to face the bed, then he chased her with the TV into the bathroom. And then she looked out and be like, what is this? Why is the TV here? I'm just waiting on my ice cream and Coke. Coca-Cola. It's I don't know movie. with her. Kids She's movie. rich. I found it incredibly re- weird that Casper fell in love off the goddamn bat and set up this elaborate ruse to get this girl sent to his house, because that's not creepy at all. 
It's a little yeah, we'll creepy. get there. We're definitely, 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 definitely going to get there. And I've never thought about this ever before, but never. watching it tonight, I was like, what the fuck? That's the right answer. <laughs> uh, same, same. But no, he, she's a loner. He's a loner. I, you know, uh, no, I can't defend it. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no, she's a loner. He's lonely. Can I ask you guys a serious question? Yeah. Is Wreck-It Ralph a ghost? No. No, he's a video game character. I understand that, but he travels the same way that Casper does, and that worries me now. Yeah, but Casper's in real life. But, hold on. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Rewind. Hold some breaks. You know what the fuck I meant. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, Sean. This is not a documentary. <laughs> Listen, Bill Paxton is a hero for this. Son of a bitch. I screwed up already. <laughs> They could have cast Bill Paxton at the end of this thing instead of having to digitize Bill Pullman as a ghost. That's that's true. They could have just <laughs> that cast been Bill so Paxton weird. as the ghost. But then Christina Ricci would have looked at him and been like, wait a second, my dad doesn't have a gap between his teeth. That's a real Ricci. <laughs> oh, God, he did it again. He did it again, yeah. Doubling down. Whoops. Comedy Rules of Three says that's coming back again. <laughs> it has to now. <laughs> Counting down the seconds. Wreck-It Ralph, not a ghost, uh, just a video game character. All video game characters move through electricity just like ghosts, except, ironically enough, the ghost from Pac-Man. Ah, I was about to bring that up. Good call. They do not. Does that ghost eat also? Because that could be a whole ghostly trio thing. They go after the, the Pac-Man. They want to eat the Pac-Man, right? What do they do when Pac-Man goes, boop, boop, like, any, like, like they just implodes? Chill, probably. They, they just, just get, like, a break. Out. Like, They're oh, like, thank God. He'll be hmm. back. Maybe they plant more, like, Dots. Wait, do you think the ghosts plant the dots? <laughs> is this like a Stardew Valley situation of Pac-Man ghosts <laughs> planting dots and just waiting? Oh, man. It makes no sense, their whole path system. I don't think there's... <laughs> I don't know that Pac-Man has that kind of in-depth backstory, but you know what? Good for you. I like Why that you're is using this game telling me to make mayonnaise? It's just dots. Oh. <laughs> So Kerrigan, she's on the phone with room service, and she's like, get me Santa Fe. Which Can you just do that? I don't know. In the 90s? I don't know the rules in the 90s. Just, I'm on the phone. Uh, get me Santa Fe. Switch operator, I need you to plug me into Santa Fe. And then she just does it. Yeah. There's a I joke just... about, like, Louis C.K. does a joke of, I asked somebody to make me a sandwich, and they just made me a sandwich without any explanation of what the sandwich actually should be. And I feel like that's this switchboard operator just like, yeah, yeah fine, all right. Here's Santa oh. Fe. Bang. Santa Fe, all right. <laughs> Good luck. She must be watching Hardline. <laughs> so on the way to Maine, Kat is like, Dad, the news called me a loner. Quit fucking around. Mom's gone. And then she really drives it home by saying, ghosts aren't real. And now he's like, that's enough. And he immediately pulls over because how dare she? And he's like, we're going to make a pinky promise right now. What are we promising? That ghosts are real? Yeah. I pinky promise that ghosts are real. And if they're not, we'll stay at the place where I found out that my entire life is a sham. Perfect. That's not a midlife crisis at all. It's a pinky promise. It's very important. We'll get there. We sure will. How old do you think Bill Pullman is as the dad in this movie? I don't know. Bill Pullman like stopped aging for a while, and then he just quickly aged. Well, how old do you think the dad is? Like 30? Like 33? 34? Like, is he young dad? Is he... Like, a 40-year-old dad? Did he have the kid late? He's going for the scientific answer of how old Bill Pullman was when this was filmed. <laughs> so Bill Pullman was born in 1953. 
Okay, so he this was is 40. So he's like 40. This is kind of like an old daddy, but not really. He's an appropriate age daddy because Christina Ricci's like 14, 15 in this thing. Are they doing the thing with college kids where like they cast someone who's 28 to play an 18-year-old? So he's 42 in this movie, but no, he's she was like a proper 15. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about typical movies. Never mind. Whatever. Oh, you mean not documentaries like 1995's Casper? Yeah. Casper's in real life, quote Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as opposed to Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> not a documentary i would argue that wreck it ralph is more real life because you can actually play a wreck it ralph video game in real life yeah but that didn't exist before that movie i'm gonna need you to expound on that thought and how casper existed before this movie as well i'm just yeah, saying as, as a real life talk ghost. about it right now because oh no it's not a real life ghost. yeah casper <laughs> existed before this movie because casper was a cartoon wreck it ralph was made up for that movie and they didn't make a video game about that until after the movie came out boom How'd that feel, bud? It was actually, they were released at the same time. Yeah, but it was developed because of the movie. And they played a magic <laughs> trick where they put out arcade games that had copyright 1970-something on them. Just to oh, blow come everybody's on. mind. You're really <laughs> reaching for it right now. Oh. oh, there it is. You can't do it again. It's done. Oh, God, I'm so happy yes. to get that out of the way. I've been mm. waiting. I'm just sitting on it. The rule of three could, is, also applies to multiples. What? <laughs> I could do the same joke again, but I have to do it three more times, three times. It's like a Mustafa Austin yeah, Powers so situation. Yeah, so we would have to reach you for it nine times. <laughs> Son of a bitch, stop it! Don't start the loop again! This is like the worst version of Returnal. <laughs> How he's just restarting a bad comedy loop all over again. So Dr. Harvey and Kat finally reach you the house. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. It just happened to be the next line. I couldn't not. Did you have that typed out? Just the word reach, but now that we're doing it. And they are immediately met by Kerrigan and Dibs, and I have the very first of our IMDb trivia facts. Yeah! That's the wrong reaction all the time. I love these. Dude, I could sit on IMDb and just read facts and goofs and stuff all day long. And trivia. You monster. (laughs) I fucking love it. I love reading down the trivia and reading the same thing nine times. (laughs) Oh, they were in that movie together. Neat. Yeah. People are too dumb to read comments before they leave comments. Kat says the mansion would be perfect for Stephen King, a Maine-based writer known for supernatural stories. Yeah, how about that? That's a fact, Jack. Hell yeah. They dropped a whole bunch of weird little Maine things in there because I remember... When they found out that they're getting the mansion, and Dibs is like, oh, I burned my hand real bad reaching into this fire to get the deed. Reaching? I need a doctor. Yes, Brian, reaching, yes. And Carrigan says, there's plenty of doctors in Maine. And that's a MASH reference. That's like a deep cut. Because that's where Hawkeye's from. That went right over my head. That's for the parents. Yeah, it is. That's for the grandparents. And Dave. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) The grandparent of young kids at the time. Yeah. The one, the grandparents that the kids spent the weekend with and had to be entertained. My grandparents only had three VHS movies. Oh, shit. My yeah. grandmother had like a Super Nintendo and a Genesis, and she played that shit on her own. Yo. I had a, I had a cool-ass grandma. That's a cool grandma. Yeah. My grandma does not know how to use a video game system at all. I got my very first NES from my grandma. It was her old one. It was a hand-me-down. It's a badass thing that has a hand-me-down. I know. That's, I'm not complaining. Like, all I got was a burned-out VHS copy of Heavyweights. <laughs> <laughs> like, my grandmother got her SNES and was like, here you go. <laughs> like, okay. 
<laughs> I was like five or six. It was I don't awesome. Need this regular old Nintendo anymore. I've got the Super One now. Yeah. <laughs> Here, Sean, you take this <laughs> she garbage. Was bougie, yeah, dude. She gave me that and like the first thirty-seven cop or issues of Nintendo Power, which I wish I still had because those are worth money now. Yeah, for real. Shit. So Kerrigan asked Harvey, "What's your timeline here? Days? Conceivable. Weeks? Maybe. Months? No. Years? Forget about it." And then they just leave without him actually giving them an answer. They say, just pretty much get it done, and then they move in. Like, they're unpacking and yeah. moving in properly, yeah. which is probably not something you do on a short stay. One would assume no, but, you know, if you really want to get in with the ghosts, it's best to be where they are all of the time. <laughs> the ghosts that don't exist, according to half the people moving into this house. Yes. Cat goes upstairs to clean the bedroom. She comes across a room with three beds with names in the headboards, Stretch, Stinky, and Fatso. Doesn't question it at all. She does question it. She's like, wow, they had terrible parents. That's not question. That's just a general statement of just uh, on to the next room. I'm not going to explore this any farther. Where's Doc and Dopey? That's a question that she it's asked. a very funny line. I hate that I laughed at that. In a mansion with all of these rooms, yep. these uncles yep. shared a room while the child had his own room. They're very close. Very close uncles. Really weird. Guarantee you they had pillow fights at night. Guaranteed. Oh, that sounds like fun. Probably. <laughs> Ghost pillow fight? Who wins? <laughs> what? Probably stinky. And people with, like, polluted pillows. I would imagine Fatso would win. Pure power, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, hold on. I don't want to introduce these brothers yet. Okay. All right. Well, wait. I mean, I just said their we're names. We're getting there. And we are going to steal the there. show really soon. You know it's me. I go, I, I'm all over the place, man. I'm so anxious to get to the next part. <laughs> Cat finally chooses a room, and Casper's around the corner like, there's a girl on my bed. Yes. What are you going to do about it, bud? You're 12 and dead. Casper already got her into his humble abode in <laughs> the only way he knows how. Oh, boy. By manipulating the news? I'd... Good for him. That's is a plan it? To... <laughs> that for the things that are about to happen, is it, Brian? Is there something you want to say? <laughs> I'm just saying the man had a plan. He executed it, and it came to fruition. I feel like you're the only person in the world who's upset that hard copy got canceled so you couldn't pull this move like in college. <laughs> Whoa. Only 12-year-olds. for Casper. Only 12-year-olds can pull this move. Listen, I'm going to get this girl over and get her dad killed, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Casper tries to work up the courage to introduce himself to this girl, and then he just accidentally scares her. She passes out, and he wrings out water on her face, and then she wakes up and screams. Again, we've accomplished nothing in this whole two minutes of filming. Yeah. Dr. Harvey <laughs> runs upstairs to see what's going on, and he's like, there's no ghost here, which is a weird stance for him to take because he's the ghost guy. Yeah, it makes me think, is everything that he says bullshit? Like, he doesn't even believe in himself in a right? way, which makes it's... his own unfinished business just kind of a waste of time. Again, Miss Cleo. Who's the other guy? Uh, John. Uh... The dude that could talk to, talk to dead people, right? John Edward. Yeah. So, uh, basically... Bill Pullman is John Edward. He's pulling the John Edward maneuver here. Mm. He doesn't believe in his own product. But then he... Hard copy, though. I bet you John Edward would have been on hard copy. Maybe he was. <laughs> right, right. Either that or to catch a predator. Or both. Why not both? At the same time, they film a hard copy, and it turns out that it's just really, really deep sting for so to catch a predator. why is Chris Hansen? Oh, for... he's next up. Don't worry about him, perp. John Edward, sorry. <laughs> I don't remember Chris Hansen being the host of hard copy. Talking about mixing up celebrities, remember that time when you thought that Chris Hansen was the fourth Hansen brother? Me too. He probably used the Hansen brothers as his bait for a while. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that's how Sean found out that he was the fourth Hanson brother. Okay, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> He's like, I'm glad you guys are here, but what is this old guy doing here? Here's the thing. I showed up to Umbop only one time. Just kidding. <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Oh, Hanson Brothers. Okay, let's go, boys. <laughs> so Dr. Harvey's like, there's no ghosts here, you silly girl, you loner Dottie, you rebel. And then he opens up a closet door, and there is Casper, just like, hey, what's up? And then he loses his mind. Dr. Harvey's just as scared as Cat. He's like, whoa, ghosts are real? So he rushes Cat into a closet, and he's like, hey, stay here. I'm going to go figure out what's going on with this ghost situation. And it's exactly that time that Casper's uncles, the ghostly trio themselves, arrive home from scaring horses at the racetrack. It is <laughs> Stretch Joe fucking Napoti, Stinky Joe fucking Alaski, and Fatso Brad fucking Garrett Raymond. Had to do one for the road. <laughs> of course. <laughs> These guys are amazing. They're instantly, really good. Instantly, it's like, yes, this is the movie I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for any movie because the, the plot here is real thin. So <laughs> anything happening is good for me. Even with that being said, the characters look great and they sound great. Not only are they voiced well, but they actually look really good. They in do this look movie. really for good. For a movie in like 1995, they did a pretty good job. We're one year after Jurassic Park. Everything should look awesome at this point. Yeah, but wasn't that <laughs> mostly practical? No, it was a hefty mix, but this here is the first movie to have a computer-generated lead character. Mm -hmm. Mm. So it is actually very important. We'll get there. (laughs) We will absolutely get there. Casper tries to stall the ghostly trio by convincing them to eat dinner outside, but Stretch sees right through it. He's like, you're trying to keep us out of the house. Sorry. You're trying to keep us out of the house, aren't you? And then he shoots him up in the sky like a rubber band. I guess you could do that. I don't know the rules. There are no rules for ghosts. So the three of them go inside, and they find Dr. Harvey. They scare the living bejesus out of him. He passes out, and they all jump inside his mouth to possess him. As you do. So when he wakes up, he goes over to the mirror, and his face morphs into Clint Eastwood, and then into Rodney Dangerfield, and then into Mel Gibson <laughs> for some reason. Because he wasn't racist and weird yet. He was. We just or didn't know it yet. He kind of kept it a little bit on the back burner. He's like, I just did a whole movie about Scotland. Ah, freedom. Freedom. Oh, he's so handsome. And... Not at all weird yet. And then he morphs into the Crypt Keeper, Mel Which Gibson. Which is dated now. <laughs> it sure is. So dated. Talking about a time capsule earlier with kids just walking around, the Crypt Keeper? Like, nobody's going to get that watching that now. Why not just show a big orange couch and just hope for the best? Oh, That's all it is. That would have been a great cameo. <laughs> just a couch? Yep. He just turns into a big orange couch. That would be a good cameo for the kids, but these cameos are for the adults. That's true. So he could have turned into a big black leather couch. They weren't casting yet for for big black leather couches. (laughs) And that's going to lead me to my next actual IMDb trivia fact. How? How? Not not casting couch. (laughs) (laughs) Clint Eastwood. This is the last film that Clint Eastwood has appeared in, which wasn't directed by Clint Eastwood. Damn. All right. Seriously? Yeah. According to- Holy shit. It could be wrong. It is IMDb. These That's are a good point, actually. User submitted. <laughs> I didn't even think to fact check it. Why would you? It's IMDb. It's just written by a bunch of crackheads who just have fingers and they use them. How many <laughs> times it. was this fact in there? Just once. Like, just once? Yeah. Probably not true. How many thumbs up did it get? 
<laughs> I didn't even look. Oh. That's probably the right move, though, because we've seen some absolute bullshit that has like, oh, that was helpful. It's like, all you said was that the movie has opening <laughs> credits. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, director signature. This movie ends. What if you wanted to watch a movie that didn't have like super long opening credits? That could be pretty helpful. I'll say it again. You monster. <laughs> You belong on IMDb. <laughs> Dude, the look you guys just gave me, like, burnt straight through my soul if I had one. <laughs> so all the ghosts attack Dr. Harvey, and they're feeling pretty proud of themselves because, you know, they threw swords at him, and they almost stabbed him in the head through a door. But then he reemerges to fight them back with a plunger, and they're, they're all going to sword fight with assorted phallic weapons. Sure, but I feel like this is a fun way to win him over. Like these ghosts even go like, "Oh, he's not actually taking this too seriously." Yeah, oh, plunger. I don't know if we're legally allowed to kill him in Ghost World or whatever it is. Like we're trying, but not that hard. Right. That's a big thing that's brought up like in the earlier parts of this movie is he he keeps repeating back, even though we by this point already know he's absolutely full of shit and has no idea what he's talking about. He repeats multiple times, "They can't hurt you. They can't hurt you," and we find out. In this movie, pretty quick and probably notably in this scene where they throw fucking swords at him <laughs> through a door. Yeah, they can hurt you. They missed. Well, they could have feasibly have hurt him. I think that's fair. I don't. I feel like this could have gone like America's Got Talent here. You know, those people who just throw swords and knives at their significant others. Yeah, and of you're course. just secretly hoping <laughs> yeah, that no someone gets caught. Nobody watches <laughs> that going, wow, wouldn't it be neat if this went perfectly? <laughs> Wow, they're so talented. I want you to be untalented for a second. There's nothing exciting about them doing it right. I've never once watched that and was like, I really want this person to die. Because I would be traumatized. They wouldn't let somebody die on television, Sean. They'd cut away. Obviously, half of these are pre-recorded because if somebody dies, they won't show it. Well, they'll just show Howie just reacting. (laughs) Or as he calls it, acting. I'm imagining a shot of Howie Mandel looking horrified and all of a sudden blood spatters on his face. (laughs) (laughs) And then Howard Stern comes back and they're like, Howard's back. I can't believe it. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Lick it. I need someone to lick the blood. (laughs) That's very Howard. (laughs) But which one? (laughs) Dr. Harvey eventually discovers that he can defeat the ghosts by sucking them up with a vacuum cleaner. Right. And I have another actual IMDb trivia fact. Son of a bitch. Yeah. That's too too many too quickly. I don't appreciate this. Rapid fire. You got a lot of them. I'm here for this. The vacuum Dr. Harvey trips over and subsequently uses on the Ghost Trio is a Kirby Classic 3 upright vacuum in maroon (laughs) manufactured in the 1970s. That's a classic. I appreciate a Kirby vacuum that it's able to do this. I appreciate that. It's one thing IMDb is good for. They can usually pick out the correct model of everything especially guns and helicopters and planes. But how the hell can a vacuum keep ghosts in? I do not understand. Especially because you had a Ghostbuster there who has the specialized equipment. He even went, no, fuck it. I'm out. No, thank you. Yeah, but these old vacuum cleaners had like the vacuum cleaner bags. Okay, folks that are listening who are younger, who have like the bagless vacuum cleaners. (laughs) Back in my day, we had these freaking vacuum bags that like I still have them. You had to pull it out of it and like hope that the hole stayed shut. And I think this Kirby is actually of a very high model that makes sure that that bag stays sealed, which is better than the Ghostbusters box. It's a classic three upright. I mean, yeah. 
It is. From if you 70s. open that bag and you let the whatever's in it out, it comes out as a star and it just shoots across. <laughs> Sean, are you suggesting that a <laughs> that a vacuum bag is more powerful than a proton pack? Yeah, dude. Shit made in the seventies, man. Like it's probably when, like lead when, lined uh, and shit. Like if you touch that bag, it's like now you've got cancer. Oh, yeah, it's all the asbestos we use to keep the garbage inside. <laughs> when did Ghostbusters come out? Like nineteen eighty one, something like that. Yeah, it's made in the eighties. Shit made in the seventies is made to last. You're saying like and once the eighties <laughs> came around, they're like, now we're gonna care a little bit. Yeah, once <laughs> once disco died, you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> on that no- moment, <laughs> nothing is forever. Let's make our products to fail. <laughs> Manufacturers so really real bummed out about awakening. the death of disco. <laughs> now they're around your people. It's gonna suck up all the ghosts, but only for a couple of weeks, and then it's gonna break because because disco's over, and I'm sad. Disco's over. It's the '80s. What am I gonna do? What are us Gib brothers gonna do? What do? Where do we go from here? I think we it's just, not the same. We just wait for the Foo Fighters to cover us. <laughs> it's a mm. great album. Hail Satin. So good. The next morning, Cat enters the kitchen wielding a dust buster. Because, you know, now we know that works. Self-defense. We will abandon that very soon, though. Sure. Casper meets her there, and he's like, hey, whoa, 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 don't yell. I'm a friendly ghost. And she's like, you're cold. Well, it's because he wrapped himself around her mouth. That's step three. Like he's done this before. <laughs> and she doesn't scream. And if this were like a Sin City situation, he'd get very upset. That <laughs> he was hoping for the scream. <laughs> That's, yep. Bruce Willis just pops his head and he can't get hard if he doesn't, if you don't scream. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good episode. Thanks, bud. Listeners, go back and listen if you haven't. Stop right now. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Stop. Go listen to just Sin go, City. Go listen to the Sin City one. Go do it now. <laughs> just hit pause. Like, you can come back. Or j- just, like, listen after this episode. Keep your day going. Keep the that joke at the on. end of Sin City ties perfectly into where we're going to start right now. Doesn't? No? We didn't plan it that way? No. No, I don't think. We can, we can always plan retroactively, but it's hard to plan futurely. Okay, so in Sin City, there was a guy who got his junk ripped off, and then there was a guy who got his junk shot off, and then there was a guy who got his junk ripped off. Mm. How do we tie that to Casper? They don't probably have doesn't junk. have junk. I was immediately at RoboCop when you said shooting junk off. <laughs> <laughs> Which, coincidentally, oh, no. halfway point between Sin City and Casper. So I think <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a weird thing to happen in this. Is if Bill, Bill I'm now confusing the packs and the Pullman myself. <laughs> if Bill Pullman walked in and he saw Casper wrapped around his daughter's head and he goes, You, stop there. Give me your junk. And Casper just went, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a friendly ghost. I'll give you whatever you ask for. Ew. But also... Ugh. He's like a one-wish genie. <laughs> Especially if your wish is for pancakes. Because he's going to make Cat breakfast. And yeah, fun fact. Not an actual IMDb trivia fact. I mean, it is, but I didn't write it down as one. Those are CGI pancakes. What? Why not just get real pancakes? Bet you didn't know that. Those I didn't want to know that. Good. I didn't need to know that. Pancakes I... are probably the easiest prop in the world to make. What are they doing? Great. Now I'm going to pause it next time and look. And you won't be able to tell. And you'll be like, damn, that's good CGI for 1995. Steven Spielberg is an executive producer on this movie. Yeah. And I feel like he's just trying to do CGI bullshit at this point. It's like, you see those dinosaurs? I crushed it. 
He was like James Cameron before like James Cameron. You know what I'm saying? No, nope. I, I don't believe I know what you're saying. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Spielberg was like James Cameron before James Cameron. Yeah, dude. Do you know who would love to hear you say that? James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. And even he'd be like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> I can see James Cameron right now as Sean just starts speaking to him and he just goes, nope, hold on, hold on. Holds up a finger to him. I just, I just bought you. <laughs> Are you speaking directly into the Jimmy Cam? Because you can't do that. <laughs> Is that what James Cameron calls his face? <laughs> the Jimmy Cam. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, that's good. Like him on, out on a date, he's just like, I'm going to need you to come in for a close-up. <laughs> <laughs> on the Jimmy Cam. <laughs> Getting some super Casper vibes here. Now, here's what I'm going to need you to do. You're going to go lay down on that couch across the room. I'm going to draw you like one of those French girls, and we're going to get a nice wide shot on the Jimmy Cam. And then we're going to gradually bring it in. Just dolly it in. I have no idea what Siri's asking me right now, but she just freaked out about Jimmy Cams. <laughs> Somehow triggered my watch. That's awesome. James Cameron's in the room. <laughs> He's just there. He, oh, this is James Cameron. Uh, one second, Brian. All right, I just bought your apartment. James Cameron just bought Apple and is listening to every time somebody says that. Like, Siri doesn't even activate the watch anymore. It's just like, hey, James Cameron. <laughs> it could be like his backdoor Skynet thing that he's been trying to do since the mid-90s. Like, I told you how this was going to work out. I made a movie about it. I hope in like five years that's an actual thing where he actually does buy one of these and hey, James Cameron is a thing. And right now I'm setting off their shit hey, for like James everybody Cameron. listening back. And then he just turns into a full-blown just YouTube guy. Because that's all he does now. He stopped making feature films. Hey, it's a Jimmy Cam! Welcome to the show, Leonardo DiCaprio! Slam that like, hit subscribe! Smash that like and follow. <laughs> On the Jimmy Cam. So Casper, he serves cat breakfast, and, and she asks him questions about what it's like to be a ghost. And they're bonding. Sure, the way that humans and dead people do. We gotta have these people bond quickly, because this is a short movie, we need things to happen. Sure. Dr. Harvey joins them, followed by the ghostly trio. Dun, da, 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 da. It's a very fun entrance, and I love how they have like this nice family meal, sort of. Kind of. All three of the ghosts pretend to melt, for reasons. Turns out they're just kidding, because that's what ghosts do. They kidded about being stuck in the vacuum cleaner, they kidded about melting, they're doing all sorts of kidding. They get mad at Casper for serving the fleshies first. And then when they do eat, all the food goes right through them and just plops on the floor. Right, and Casper's just cleaning up on the floor. And I think it's kind of weird how Casper refers to himself as a friendly ghost. <laughs> like, it's to go out of his way. I'm and it feels like one of those ghost. like annoying friends is like, guys, I'm a nice guy. Oh, yep. I'm a really nice guy. I'm a super nice guy. I totally didn't get this girl over here. <laughs> under like suspicious and nefarious reasons i'm a nice guy guys guys first of all i'm a super nice guy super nice ghost super friendly ghost <laughs> secondly cannot wait for aol chat rooms because hard copy is gonna go away one day <laughs> gonna need my own new methods i'm gonna be with it i'm an internet ghost now <laughs> right and i'm gonna get these girls over here and i'm gonna come up with the term ghosting you'll watch the wreck it ralph of ghosts of everyone in this house that might need therapy, I think Casper might be the prime candidate, actually. <laughs> I think so. He's got a real rosy outlook on life for being a dead person. I think Dr. Harvey never even bothers with Casper. Nope, it's all about the uncles. Cat tries to uh, get in a fight with Stretch. 
lobbing insults back and forth, and and her dad's like, "Get out of here! Go to school! You're late to school." <laughs> All right, let me just go to the school. So she starts going to the school, <laughs> and she's still that loner girl from the news, and all the kids are mean to her. She meets Vic, who's played by Garrett Ratliff Henson, who you might remember from all of the Mighty Ducks movies. Sure. He's the cute boy at school, but he's friends with Amber Whitmire, played by Jessica Wesson, who's the fucking worst. Well, it's a pretty big trope here of just check mean, the box. You gotta much. have a mean girl. Right. Who's mean to the new girl. Done. When Kat tells the other students that she lives in Whipstaff Manor, they're like, uh, what? Well, the whole situation here is kind of fucked because the teacher in this one classroom is like, well, we can't have our big dance because- uh, Asbestos. Asbestos is too slow to get out. In the gym. So what do we do? And then this Amber girl says, like, well, my rich parents just finished the guest house, so we could all do it there. The and boat the house. like, whatever it is. He's like, ah, oh, it's pretty cool. Let's do it there. And then she says she lives a whip staff, and they get to volunteer, and it's like, all right, show of hands. Who wants to have the school-sanctioned party at this random right? house for this girl we don't actually know at all? Yeah, raise your hand, everyone. Perfect. And it's in stone. It's We're going amazing to that, house. that some random kid is just like, hey, she lives in a cool house. Let's have it at her place. And the teacher's just like, fucking let's do it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I want to rage. And it's condemned. Like, shouldn't Child Protective Services come to get this girl <laughs> because she is being forced to live in a condemned house? That's true. They do say it's a condemned house. Is that a legal thing? <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't even be there. My goddamn adult mind. <laughs> It gets weird as you get older. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The things you think about, like, what are the taxes on that house? It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> is he paying the taxes or is she still paying the taxes, right? She owns it. Uh, quick question for everybody. This is Casper, the friendly ghost. Uh, how much do we have in escrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not just friendly. I'm also savvy. <laughs> Casper, Aww, Casper's the savvy ghost. Tinder. <laughs> it's a different show. I have to imagine it would be like if Ben Stein died, and he's like, I have all this money. I am Ben Stein, the savvy ghost. Come and win my money. Coming up next on MSNBC, it's Casper, the savvy ghost. (laughs) Facebook crashed for a full day. That's a sell. Casper, the savvy ghost, teaching you all the stuff you should have learned in high school. Just basic economics. The basic economic ghost. (laughs) <laughs> Casper the basic economic ghost Yeah, that's good That flows In their first session with Dr. Harvey The ghostly trio are just They're just trashing a bunch of his stuff They're throwing his his diplomas in the air And, and shooting them And Dr. Harvey's just like, yeah, sure, have, have fun I don't care But then they, they throw up a picture of his dead wife And he's like, whoa, maybe not that one And they're like, oh, Amelia, huh? And they start acting like, you know They know this broad And he's like, wait a minute can you talk to my dead wife? Like, what? Trying to see your dead wife again? I'm like, yeah, we could probably we could probably arrange that. It's a lot of paperwork, but but I know a savvy ghost. I know who's going to help us through this. Extremely savvy ghost, and as long as you can keep that ghoul Crittenden off our backs, we can help you out. So they send Fatso to bring Amelia back to see Doctor Harvey. And when the doors open, the music swells and the fog clears, and it's Fatso in drag. Not cool. It's a real dick move. Like emotional destruction really i think they know they went too far eventually i agree vic stops by whipstaff to ask cat to the halloween dance and she's like yes please you have a pulse (laughs) but it turns out that vic is actually in cahoots with amber who again pure evil and even though he doesn't seem to like the idea he's just going along with it because mean girl's gonna mean that's right casper is insanely jealous 
And he's like, come on, let's go to the dance together, me and you. And she's like, you're fucking dead, Casper. <laughs> it's fair. And he's like, I'll impress you. I'll, I'll impress you so much. And he turns into a superhero and then says a line from Terminator and then flies away, drags her away, kicking and screaming against her will. She is saying no, and he does not understand that no means no as he drops her off the balcony and she goes just careening to the ground. Yeah. And he grabs her, they fly up, and then they're on a lighthouse all of a sudden. She's just like, oh, well, this isn't scary anymore. Oh, this is perfect. Lighthouse. Thank God the Jimmy pretty. Cam didn't pop in for that Terminator line to make sure we got it right. Jimmy Cam gonna Jimmy Cam. <laughs> it always will. Jimmy Cam corn and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Cam cord. It's a camcorder. There you go. We workshopped that. We got there. We, we did it. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. So now that they're all on a lighthouse and she's not being forcibly taken to a place she doesn't want to be, she's like, hey, tell me about what you were like when you were alive, because you're kind of a dick as a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't remember my life. And she's like, oh, that's sad. Do you think my mom forgot all about me? And he's like, nah. No, nah, that's just the friendly ghost thing. Your mom was probably a bitch, and bitches remember everything. <laughs> There's a lot of B words in this movie. More than you'd expect in a PG movie. That really caught me off guard. <laughs> Later, as Kat's falling asleep, Casper's like, hey, you're like half awake right now. I'm going to ask you questions and take whatever you say to heart. Uh, will you, if I was alive, <laughs> would you go to the dance with me? And she's like, yeah, sure, Casper. And then he's like, can I keep you? <laughs> and I want to hit the pause button. Just the hardest I've ever stopped anything in the world. <laughs> what is happening right now? Uh, this ghost wants to own this girl. This is way more endearing as a kid. <laughs> Casper's floating there next to her as she's laying in bed. And it's a lot like a weird 14-year-old couple situation like you might run into maybe in the middle of Pennsylvania. Amish country. I don't know how it all works out. <laughs> but he's asking the questions. And then he leans in and says, can I keep you? <laughs> and she doesn't respond because that's the appropriate thing to do. I think she goes, when because mm. she tries to claim asleep. ownership over you. So now you have this ghost kid who is who wants ownership over you as this lady. And then he curls up like a weird ghost dog on the end of her bed. Well, after he kisses her and she goes, close the window, it's cold. This is the most bizarre scene ever. It's pretty insane. Especially because literally... Five minutes ago, he was dragging her kicking and screaming out of a window. <laughs> this is Casper, the horny ghost. <laughs> Can I keep you? Honest to God, this sounded so much like more endearing and smooth and like, oh, whatever, when you're like eight years yeah, old. Not it's supposed really. to be this nice, warm-hearted, endearing moment. <laughs> and as you grow up, you're just like, yeah, holy right. shit. That guy shouldn't be within 500 feet of school zones ever. <laughs> okay, he's 12 years old, but how long has he been dead? He's yeah. got to be at least 80 years old. He's 1800s. He's been 12 for over 100 years, which means <laughs> you can't jerk off with ghost hands. I don't know how ghost hands work, bud. I do, because I saw Walk Hard, and you can't jerk off with ghost <laughs> hands. <laughs> I ain't got no sense of feeling. Boo-boo-hoo, no sense of smell. Fuck, man, this scene was... Bad. Yeah, this <laughs> changes the whole tone yeah. of nostalgia, really. My nostalgia is creeped out. My nostalgia is like, you like this movie, Brian. Remember, you like it. <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, my nostalgia sounds a lot like Casper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God. It's just so fucking weird, man. It Like, to tell you the truth, it reminded me of the Blurred Lines music video. Oh, wow. Of just, like, you have Robin Thicke laying there with whatever that crazy girl is now. The Emily that Ratsikowski was news today. Or whatever. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, that she she was groped during the the filming of that video. Holy that hell! Was legitimately news today that she claims that it was trending on Twitter because Facebook was down. Yeah, Facebook went down. This is the day Facebook died. We're recording this thing. Once Facebook went down, I shut down everything because I was like, bye. "Hell yeah, I'm free." This Mr. is great. Zuckerberg guy. <laughs> but I legitimately wrote down like. This is as creepy as the Blurred Lines video of, like, an everybody get up type situation. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What is Casper doing? Casper be Caspin. I want to note that that was allegedly, don't come after me. <laughs> if you can't hear what I'm saying, just a ghost boy. Talk. It sounds like Bee Gees again, doesn't it? A little bit. <laughs> See, everything's better in the 70s. You're right. Including whatever you just did, because this is not the 70s. <laughs> Try to domesticate ya. <sighs> the next morning at breakfast, Kat tells her father that she wants to look date nice for the dance for Vic. Because, you know, she does not remember this whole thing with Casper asking for ownership of her. What would happen if she said yes and he just like slapped a collar on her? (laughs) (laughs) Is that legal in the 1800s in this old house? I don't know. This old house? Oh, no. I heard what I said. (laughs) Are you invoking the Vila? (laughs) (laughs) This would have been the perfect movie for him to have a cameo of this old haunted house. (laughs) It absolutely would have been. Dr. Harvey tells Kat that he would love to buy her whatever she wants, but uh, they don't have any money until Kerrigan pays him. And she's like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. I'm just going to go look around the entire house. (laughs) Explore the many rooms that I haven't bothered exploring yet. Just make sure that the ghostly trio don't show up and fuck up the dance. And he's like, I can't believe you're still having that here. (laughs) Legit haunted. It's not going to go well. Nope, not at all. Later on, the ghostly trio are watching Dr. Harvey pack his things up. They're like ribbing him. They're like, ah, remember when we did that thing with your dead wife? That was funny. <laughs> what and, a great joke. And he's like packing shit up. And they're like, we we might have gone too far, boys. Uh, you know what we need to do? We need to give him one of one of our prescriptions. We got to bring him. Happy hour? Happy hour. Got to get him drunk. Got to get him drunk. And while they carry him out the window, because ghosts love carrying people out windows. Why shouldn't they? They have the ability. Go for it. You know, if they can carry you out a window, they can drop you. And you know what? That says something for them being able to kill you. I don't know if they're allowed to kill still. I don't know if it's an allowed situation. Because it seems like they can do whatever they want. (laughs) You think this is like an iRobot situation? where like they're programmed? (laughs) Ghosts can't kill humans? Everybody knows ghosts have to abide by Asimov's laws. You never go Asimov. (laughs) Sometimes you go Asimov. (laughs) Never go full ass moth. I have to imagine that like Casper's like in the background though going like, get them drunk. I forgot that's an option. Oh, <laughs> oh that no. That would have been a good step. Again, Casper speaking, not Dave. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for year old differentiating. <laughs> I have a human voice. Casper sounds awfully similar in my bad impression, but. <laughs> Nothing like Malachi. Not me. Casper's real, according to Sean. <laughs> I mean, can you prove that he's not? Can you prove that he's not? That's fair, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that barely. Yeah. Well done. Way to 
put baby in a corner. There. Technicalities. <laughs> Sean, technicality. Sean, one. Brian, nothing. Asterisk on the one. And to say that I have none is a real reachy, Sean. God damn it. <laughs> is that three? Is that three? <laughs> Did we, we hit it? We're good now? We're done? I think I'm at six. So we'll see. So you're there. We'll see. I mean, three, if anything, you're over. Three sets of three, baby. Ah, shit. I've only done two sets of three now. Makes it funnier, as we all know. Taking advantage of the ghostly trio being out of the house, Kerrigan and Dibs are like, hey, let's get in there because they, he did the thing. He got the ghost out of the house. Right, and we're in this movie, despite yeah. you forgetting. That's right. We just popped up in this window in this scene, and now we're going to be back to being in it. Cat <laughs> stumbles upon a bunch of Casper's old shit in the, in the attic from when he was alive. And she's like, hey, remember all this stuff? And he was like, I told you I don't remember. Oh, and he, he remembers stuff like his train that he gave a name. It's like Chad or something. I don't remember. Cat, where did you get those wonderful toys? I remember. Oh, you know what? I should I should show you something that I just remembered. And he, oh, gosh. All the plot is just coming back to me. This is unbelievable. I'm remembering how this plot is supposed to go as we approach the third act rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes her to another room where he shows her Rosebud. It's a sled. Right. Spoilers. It's a sled. His old sled, which reminds him of how he died. Long story short, bad parenting. No, long story short, he didn't take no for an answer again. Yeah, but there's something to be said about your father not being able to say, come on, Casper, it's time to go inside, you little fuckwit. That's exactly what the father said to Casper. And Casper's like, no, I'm having fun, you old fucking dickbag. I'm going to keep going down the sled. And then he got all cold and he died. It's because he didn't Fine. take no for an answer. Die, then. And then eventually, now here we are, 112 years later, whatever it is, him not taking no for an answer again. And yeah, he's a horny, creepy, pervy ghost. I can't believe you're victim blaming Casper here. He's not a victim. He's he dead. Died be- <laughs> you're saying he's a victim because he died. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, weird definition of the word victim you got there, Brian. <laughs> they find an old newspaper clipping, and turns out that. Casper's dad was real bummed that Casper died, and then he devoted his life to trying to invent a machine to bring him back to life. And that's when Casper's like, the Lazarus. Lazarus. And then he's like, come with me. And he grabs Cat again, and he's like, we're going to find stuff. I like how she doesn't even bother to read the MacGuffin Times. Just <laughs> takes his word for it. She's like, okay, yeah. And then he runs right into a wall. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I'll give you that. It's pretty good. <laughs> Casper takes Cat down to his father's secret laboratory. Laboratory? It's like yeah, a, it's a laboratory retriever. I was going to say it's like a laboratory, but it's a dog. <laughs> Can I keep you? <laughs> no. Aw. I just found this laboratory just on the street. Can I keep it? Laboratory retriever? It's got all of its shots and everything. They get there via a Rube Goldberg up and atom machine, which you know does all of your teeth brushing and shaving and combing of the hair for you. It even puts a nice little bow tie on you. I have no idea how Universal did not make some sort of Haunted Mansion-like ride for Casper. For real. With the razors? no sense. With all of these cameos, Paul Rubens was left out. (laughs) It's so good. It would have been amazing, especially because they kind of did a mini Rube Goldberg device for the breakfast. Right. For the eggs. Had Paul Rubens done the jerk-off in the movie theater at this point? Is that why maybe he didn't get the cameo? (laughs) I'm terrified to type Paul Rubens jerk-off into my Google. I'm going to Google Paul Rubin's arrest because I'm not. Let's go incognito mode. I think I forgot to type Rubin's and I got Bible stuff. Paul Rubin's movie theater. In 1991. Oh, God. The picture that pops up if you type in Paul Rubin's movie theater. 
is him holding a hot dog in a movie theater. And I hate it. I love that he's got a sense of humor about it. <laughs> Does he, though? Unless that picture was taken beforehand, and then it's just sheer irony. Pee-wee was defended by Bill Cosby and Cindy Lauper in an in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and who's this guest lawyer that's coming to join him? <laughs> My God, that's Bill Cosby. It's Casper, <laughs> the lawyer ghost. <laughs> he's coming with a stool chair. I heard he's a very savvy lawyer. Bill Cosby charging down the aisle with a steel chair. <laughs> it's Cosby. It's Cosby. <laughs> By God, he's broken her in half. Oh, and no. Cosby puts her down on the mat. Say yo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. He's got him in the sweater hold. <laughs> oh no, he's pulling it out. It's a jello pudding pop. Give him them the good old pudding pop, 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 popperoo. And this is where Hanson comes out. <laughs> and he's like, I've gotten you all. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have Go to have me. all of you sit down. <laughs> Everybody sit down. We've got all these chairs from the wrestling ring. Kane, will you please pull them out and set them up around the ring, please? <laughs> it's an intervention. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Kerrigan and Dibs, because they're back in the movie, they follow Casper and Cat down to the laboratory, the secret laboratory that everybody in the movie forgot about. They have no Until problem. it's appropriate for everybody to know about. Yeah, of course. No problem of following them there, even though there's only one chair to get them there. They, they somehow follow. They get the second... Chair, the same chair, second chair, not important. No, yeah, nope. <laughs> this movie is the people who edited it didn't care. So why should we? <laughs> right. Cat finds this glass bottle of red liquid containing just enough Lazarus juice to bring back one ghost. And I like how you have this literal Lazarus pit in the middle of this floor. Yeah. And Roswell Ghoul's going. I'm going to sue somebody. <laughs> They try to revive Casper back to human. They put him in the machine, but while he's in there, uh, Kerrigan and Dibs find the vault, and they're like, oh, let's just open this vault. They just yank on the handle like it's not a fucking vault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's locked. <laughs> I feel like everyone's making like these weird character choices right now because they find this vault, they try to open the vault, doesn't work. Casper all of a sudden just has this need to be alive again yeah, out well, of nowhere. Because he... You, you can't do anything with a ghost dick, Dave. <laughs> you can't there. ghost right. keep somebody. <laughs> she literally said, if you were human, I'd go to the dance with you. Or if you were alive. I guess he's still human, just not dead. Are you human or are you dancer? <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're being real, now she's manipulating him. Sort of, I I'm guess. Kidding. She's definitely on board, though, for it, which is kind of wild. She's like, if you were human, I would totally go to the dance with you. Oh, cool. I got a machine that can do just that. <laughs> Let's get out of the basement. Let's do it. Let's do the machine. I don't know. Because she mentioned that. She was falling asleep when she agreed that she would do that. But it was also like a total hypothetical situation. Now I feel like it's just like. It's getting too real. Do you think this machine works? She's like, I just want to see if it works. I'm curious. Curiosity the better of her. She's going to have to dance with what may be a weird kid. A kid who's played pirates with his dad for a long time. (laughs) So long. Where's his dad's ghost, by the way? Yeah, I was going to ask the same thing right now because. It feels like his dad has some serious unfinished business because Casper's still dead. He's still just very much dead. But at the same time, if you're a ghost set up by these rules, if you have unfinished business and once you complete your business, then you cross over. Why would you just just don't complete your business, man? Just hang out. Why? This seems awesome. I imagine point. that whatever's after is even better. You wear red, as we learn. 
Oh. And you could float down slowly instead of do awesome ghost things. Sounds like a good And give gig. good advice and not rape people. <laughs> it's a good thing to live by in general <laughs> or die what by. What a good creed and code. Mm. So because they can't open the vault, Kerrigan and Dib steal the bottle from the Lazarus machine while it's doing its business. And then they're like, hey, you know what? If one of us were to die, we got this juice. One of us could come back. And, you know, if we were did not have a corporal form, we could just fly into that vault and come out with the, the treasure and then, you know, come back to life. When you assume it's going to be a corporal treasure. Yeah, but you can open the you vault from the inside. That. Can you? Is that how vaults work? Can't even open a kitchen fridge from the inside half the time. No, yeah, really? but you For can, ghosts? like, drag somebody out a window kicking and screaming. Are you suggesting that this vault has a window? Because that would make this it, I'm so just much saying easier. that they can grab things that are, like... There's probably, like, a handle on the inside of the vault in case you get locked yeah. in there. Yeah, haven't you ever been in a bank vault? Have Why you? would I have to be in a bank vault? <laughs> <laughs> now I need to... Sean. Can't talk about it. Blink twice if you've ever been inside a bank vault. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Swear to God. So Casper turns into eggs. <laughs> yes, you do? Okay. What? Apparently, if you use the Lazarus machine without the juice, you just turn ghosts into eggs. Good, good to know. It was over easy. Looked good. <laughs> That's what makes Cat Ralph. He should have been scrambled. I, I guess so. That's what she I says. I would have totally have eaten Casper, by the way. Just throwing that out there. He looked delicious. He looked yeah. so tasty with the eye that kind of floated down just yeah. a little bit. Makes me think, you could just pop those eyes out. You're good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right just, over just some th- corned beef. Pluck them out. Throw them on top of some bacon and cheese. Delicious. Maybe some mm. pork roll. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Unable to decide which one of them should die, Kerrigan and Dib start trying to murder each other. It's great. Even though it's confusing because there's a knight in shining armor putting slippery stuff all over the ground. And is that Dibs? It is Dibs. Yes. Dibs dressed up to put the stuff on the ground. And then she goes out the window because she slips on a Kerrigan. Yeah. And she falls to the ground. Then he pops out dressed again. Just in normal street clothes. He took off the armor. What was the point of that? Well, she was trying to stab him with a sword. So he put on armor to not get stabbed. <laughs> okay. And that's when he slicked this floor so she would slide past him. And then she got in the car to try to run him over, and he dodged that, and she went off a cliff. How slow was that chase scene that Eric Idle had enough time to put on an entire suit of armor and find slippery stuff to put all over the floor? Time doesn't matter. That's fair. Ultimately, it all culminates in Kerrigan falling off a cliff and dying. I like how she dies. She kind of rises up. She has the voice that's even creepier now and just yellier now, and I love it. Yeah. And Eric Otto's like, I work for you, remember? Don't hurt me. And she, her actual line is, the bitch is back. Sure is. So let's see what Dr. Harvey's up to. He is drunk and singing karaoke with the ghostly trio who are just out at a bar in, in public. This bar is trash because everyone just took off out of there because three ghosts Because ghosts out. hanging out there. And Bill Pullman. And there's one drunk guy who's still there, but... Love and life. The ghostly trio realize they're kind of like hanging out with, with Dr. Harvey. So they decide that they're going to kill him so they can hang out with him forever. It's a solid strategy. I mean, I've heard of suicide packs before. And if three of them are already dead and only like one quarter of your friends isn't, like, yeah, off them. Fine. Yeah. This should answer your questions about can ghosts hurt people? But they don't. They decide. Don't they so it doesn't him? answer the question at all. I mean, they are fully We don't actually do see so. it happen. Yeah, but- the fact that they're like, all right, we're doing this, means they think they can, which is enough for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who tells these ghosts what they can and can't do? Have they tried this before? 
Like that begs the question: Have they killed before? That they know. That I they feel can like do if it? you open that door, they are going to sprint through it repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, I can kill this person. Yeah, I want to be your friend. You got to finish business. Yeah, you're hanging out with us. All of the evidence in this movie points to these ghosts being able to physically manipulate their surroundings and can do whatever they want with said surroundings. And the only person who has said that they can't hurt them is the guy who is pretending to do therapy on ghosts. And Casper, <laughs> All right, you know, that's who was just fair, trying actually. to bang a 12 or 14 year old or whatever. Who is also manipulating his environment and doing what he pleases with his environment. Exactly. That he now owns. So Dr. Harvey's really drunk and he's like, you know what? I fucking love you guys. And now the ghost of Trio is like, oh, now I feel bad about trying to kill him. So they're like, you know what? Let's not do it. And Bill Pullman, not Paxton, starts backing out of the bar, all cocky, like, you know what, guys? Night is young and so are we. Well, I am. You're dead. But we got so many more bars to hit. And he's backing out the door and he falls right into an open trench. That's right outside of this door. Yeah. Just why? (laughs) Sometimes when you build a bar, you put the entrance behind construction. In the trench. I don't know. I don't know either, but you know what? Whatever works. Whatever works. Kerrigan, back at the mansion, she reappears as a giant ghost. She flies into the laboratory and grabs the treasure chest inside the vault. That's the plan. And she bursts from the vault, opening it from the inside, just like I said earlier, with the treasure. One point, Brian. (laughs) Sure, Brian. (laughs) Take whatever you can get. Casper is in shock, and he's like, hey, that's my treasure. And Kat is like, oh my god, you're the lady, and you're dead. And then Dibs shows up, and he's like, I went through that damn machine again with the shaving and the whatnot, and uh, look what I have. I got that bottle. You need this, Kerrigan, don't you? And Kat's like, hey, you stole that. And Kerrigan's like, hey, revive me. And Casper's like, I'm going to take that bottle and then knock you into the Lazarus pit. I just love how quickly this movie's moving all of a sudden. Yeah, it just yeah. took its sweet-ass time for two-ish acts. Now it's just like... We have four storylines? Shit, we gotta do something. (laughs) We got 20 minutes. We gotta sprint now. So Casper grabs the bottle from Dibs, knocks him into the moat of the lab, and then takes Kat upstairs to welcome the kids to the party, because they are arriving, because that's another another line we gotta tie up. Oh, also, Vic and Amber are planning some sort of prank, and we'll get back to that in a second. Sure. (laughs) So Casper and Kat go back down to the laboratory after letting everybody into the house. And they put the potion inside the Lazarus machine because they're all of a sudden just like, Kerrigan, who was she? That was a scene ago. And then it turns out she's inside the machine already. And instead of just staying in there, she bursts out, goes, Dips, <laughs> get out of the water and turn this thing on. I need, I got shit I need to do. And he's like, hey, you know what? I think I like you better dead. He's like, I'm going to keep the treasure and you can haunt me all you want, but it's going to be in a big house, lots of money and a little dog named Kerrigan, a bitch just like you. Eric Idle's leading in, man. Yeah, he is. Wow, that's he said, aggressive. I'm a Python. I don't have enough screen time, and I'm going to own this now. And he sure does. Just like Casper owns Cat. He just wants to <laughs> He's, he's, he's going to keep her. Kerrigan throws him out of the laboratory window because she's much bigger and stronger than he is. She harms him as a ghost. We don't know if it's a kill shot, though. I mean, okay. Literally, Come presumed, on. literally yes. the line is Can you hurt me? No. That looks like it hurt. Yeah, but the fall will kill him. <laughs> I know. She threw him hard enough that he probably didn't even notice that he went through that glass. He's probably just like, wow, I'm in a weird basement. Now I'm in that sweet main air. And then splash. For the next two miles. <laughs> <laughs> Karen catches the bottle, and then she gets all cocky again. She's like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to be human again in a second. I got this sweet, sweet treasure. And then Casper and Kat are like, 
Hey, you know people only become ghosts because they have unfinished business. What's yours? She's like, me? I don't have any unfinished business. I've got my treasure. I've got my mansion. And then beams of light start shooting through her chest. <laughs> I just love this because they laid it out like, hey, you know that uh, ghosts are only ghosts because people have unfin- they have unfinished business. Uh, what's yours? None? That's a stupid thing to say. Yeah, that's like the, the dumbest just thing you could have done. Just come up with something else. <laughs> Boy, You're- like I've always wanted to... Uh, go to space. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to have to work real hard as a ghost to do that for a long time. That graphic was pretty cool. She looked uh, she looked like the opening sequence to Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> but instead yeah. of the words, it was her ghost. It was. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's just like that. The beams of light shoot through her and she explodes into the afterlife or whatever. And for the rest of eternity, she's she's gone. She's crossed over. She's dead. Proper. Presumably in hell. She's not a nice lady. At least from what we've seen. She might have been like a, a churchgoer or something before she found out that her, she got stiff. A churchgoer or something. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know her. We just know what the movie's presented, which has been not a nice lady. The bottle that she was holding flies up in the air in slow motion, which is convenient because Cat needs all that time to run over and catch it. And then the treasure chest falls on the floor and smashes open, revealing that the treasure is a baseball. There's a glove and a ball autographed by Duke Snyder, which is Casper's favorite player. Which is weird, mostly because this movie is shot in Maine and it's based in Maine. Yep. Duke Snyder was a Brooklyn Dodger, yep. one of the most famous Brooklyn Dodgers, got into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1980. He wasn't born until 1926. It raises a lot of questions. Like, why? how would Casper know any of this? Well, I mean, he watched Mr. Rogers, so maybe he got into baseball late in death. <laughs> How do they have a TV, actually? You're right. I, I should have questioned that, too. They have a vacuum cleaner from the 70s. They do. And also, how was the electricity turned on by the dad when they got to the house by Dr. Harvey, yet he was able to watch Mr. Rogers and find hard copy and all this stuff? There are a uh, lot of questions. Solar panels. I don't know. Don't think about it too hard, I think. Is, is what <laughs> I'm done thinking about it. message right. should be. <laughs> Dr. Harvey returns, now a ghost himself. He flies into the laboratory with the ghostly trio. And, and his sweater. And he's wearing a green sweater. He's still got his sweater on as a ghost. Just in case we didn't know that it was him. And as a sweater. ghost, he's now just as loud and goofy as the other three. And he has no memory of his daughter. And she's like, Dad, what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of jarring to see your newly deceased father fly in there and you're just like, oh, we got to do the fucking pinky thing. <laughs> right? Is that how we're going to do we it? Gotta, it's, all right. <laughs> this will remind you. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he does the pull your finger thing. <laughs> And then she's like, no, and she grabs his pinky with her pinky, even though Casper said he doesn't have a pinky earlier. That's the finger they're missing from the from the five. Yep, kind of fucked, right? Yeah, kind of. So they're doing a, a ring finger pinky promise right here, and he's like- Which is nothing. But it, it jars his memory. It's enough, apparently. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, I fucked up. I shouldn't have died so hard. yippee Kaye, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Casper comes over, he's like- you know, why don't you get in that machine? Because I was just going to use it to fuck your daughter. She probably needs you more than I do. <laughs> Sacrificing his chance to be with Kat. I guess so. It's one of those, like, so I wouldn't even know what to do with it. So <laughs> let's just not. I've been 12 for so long. I don't know that anything would happen. Dr. Harvey is revived, and he and Kat go back upstairs to the party. Because what else are you going to do? And I have another actual IMDb trivia fact. God damn it. We got so far, Yeah, bud. we did. This one doesn't really connect to anything, but I liked it. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> the house that was used for Whipstaff Manor was also used to film scenes from the Backstreet Boys music video, Everybody, in parentheses, yep. Backstreet's Back. Most notably is the ballroom dance sequence from this music video. You got the whole spiral floor and everything. I love that spiral floor. It's pretty neat. Amelia, the dead wife of Dr. Harvey, played by Amy Brenneman, appears to Casper, revealing that she became an angel instead of a ghost. And for the selfless act that Casper did for Dr. Harvey, she's going to allow him to be alive until 10 p.m. for the Halloween party as sort of like a Cinderella deal. Well, he got upset. He's like, wasn't it midnight? She's like, yeah, Cinderella wasn't 12. And Cinderella wasn't trying to fuck my daughter. (laughs) Also true. And also, like at this point, is it like nine forty-five? It's like nine fifty-five. It's it's God not giving him anything here. You got five minutes, kid. I've been watching (laughs) you. I know what you're doing. Cat, your mom really was a bitch. (laughs) Amber and Vic are are trying to freak out the party by dressing as a huge ghost thing. But while they're looking in the mirror, they're like, "Oh, we look." Ghastly, and then the ghostly trio of fat, so stinky, and stretch all pop their heads out, and they're like, "Thank you," because that's that's what they do. And then these two sure. kids are like, "Ah!" and they run away and through the party, and all the other kids are like, "Yeah, those guys suck," and they're clapping. So we tied up that loose end, <laughs> tying up every loose end so quickly. <laughs> then Amelia appears to her husband and explains to him that because he and Cat loved her so well when she was alive, she had no unfinished business, and she doesn't want her to become his. Well, that would have been kind of fucked if she showed up like 15 minutes earlier when Ghost Dad was a ghost dad. <laughs> right. And he's like, you do exist. And he just starts bursting the beams of light, too. And it's like, I think Ghost Mom just killed Ghost Dad for real. That business is finished. And now Cat's a real loner. <laughs> right. In a condemned house. So three ghosts killed my dad, and then my dead mom came and killed my ghost dad, and then they <laughs> both went off to win. I don't understand any of this. This is so complicated. I'm going to be fucked up as an adult. <laughs> and there's a ghost trying to fuck me. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. This has more layers than an ogre. <laughs> Get out. Onion, of- onion. Get out onion. of my swamp. <laughs> So the human Casper, played by Devin Sawa, still voiced by Malachi Pearson. <laughs> He's just there for appearances. I guess so. And I like how they, they're being so coy about who's Casper because it's just, he's got the mid-90s Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair yeah. going on. And they just follow him from behind. And when it turns around, it's Devin Sawa, you're like, okay. Okay, who is this? Even Cat's <laughs> like, I'm going to dance with you because you're beautiful. But like, I don't know who the hell you are until... They start floating two feet in the air, and nobody else in the party notices it. And then he leans in, and he goes, can I keep you? And every adolescent girl in 1995 falls in love with Devin Sawa, even though it was Malachi Pearson who said the line. Me too. I fell in love. Really? Yeah. Because that ghost is going to go to fucking town on your butthole, Sean, if you give him the chance. <laughs> Probably. This and is I... the horniest ghost that's ever existed, and he finally got himself a little donger. Dude, I was like seven years old. Now. This is a threat to a middle school party, and I can't wait for 10 o'clock at this point if I'm an adult <laughs> and my Dude, kid's at this party. I was like seven years old, first of all, and second of all, I think this is my biggest Mandela effect thing ever in my entire life, because until tonight... I would have sworn every single day since the first time that I watched this movie that Hero by Mariah Carey was the song that was playing. (laughs) 
during this, and I was so upset when it wasn't Hero when I watched it today. Honestly, halfway through the song, I was waiting for that chorus to show up. <laughs> I was like, this song, hero comes along. this song is the same song, but with different words. Yes, <laughs> which makes it not the same song, because this is unequivocally a worse song. It's, it's not as good a song. It still did all right for itself. This song itself did okay on the charts. Believe it or not, I believe. Don't it. ask me the title or artist of said song, but <laughs> I, I did it. read no. an actual IMDb <laughs> trivia fact that said this song charted. So you know, it's "Remember Me This Way" by Jordan Hill. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that song, which is weird though, because now you have a song that's called "Remember Me This Way," while you have a Alive. ghost child in human form, and he's going to exist for eternity in ghost form. Against like, I'm going to remember you this way in this very brief snapshot of life that you had that's 15 <laughs> minutes long. When we have all these memories yet to make. I'm going to remember you while we were floating above the middle school dance with your boner pressed against me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You beautiful ghost boy, Because there were no chaperones because it wasn't held at a school. It was held in somebody's fucking house. A condemned house. One teacher who made kids raise their hand. They wanted the party here. Now he's dressed as a devil in the corners going. (laughs) I thought he was dressed as a lobster. Once he was red and nonsensical. And he was wearing oven mitts. I thought they were hot. He's got to keep it cool. Got it. Touching all the hell stuff. Luckily for both of Kat's parents, it's already 10 o'clock. The the clock starts (laughs) chiming and uh, Amelia's got to go back to, I don't don't know, Angel World. But this is after Amelia says some weird stuff about how James is raising the kid, about how like chocolate's not for breakfast and you shouldn't put t-shirts under bathing suits. French fries aren't for breakfast. Whatever it is, the t-shirts under bathing suits is the part you should have paid attention to, because that's weird. That's an overprotective father who doesn't mind her sleeping with a ghost. He's just got weird priorities. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. All right. I don't know. You're going to have to ask Bill Pullman, not Paxton, not me. I'm not going to ask him anything, because he's going to say, yeah, weird ghost kid was trying to fuck my kid. I get it. Fine. So Devin Sawa goes in for the kiss, and Kat meets him there, and they're doing the kiss in front of the whole school. And the whole school's like, oh, my God, new girl's kissing the cute boy that just showed up out of nowhere that none of us know. Looking like a pirate. probably her relative (laughs) because she's new, and he's new. And if there's two new people, they got to be related. And then they doing the kiss. That's an inference. Where did you grow up? (laughs) This is a thing that you were able to jump to that conclusion. I wasn't the one who jumped to that conclusion. It was all these dumb kids. (laughs) <laughs> okay. At the party. They're like, I don't know either of these people. Why am I so invested? They must be related if I don't know either. I've never seen strangers before. Not in Maine. Not in friendship, Maine. Everybody's friends in friendship. Okay, Brian. <laughs> don't make this like I'm the weird one. I didn't This is a weird I wasn't the one who bro. said it. I wasn't the one who wrote it. I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know what I meant, man. <laughs> Sorry that you guys didn't like my bit I was trying. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> about they must be family. <laughs> Middle school kids are dumb. <laughs> what? what? I mean, you're not wrong. But... Did you dig the ditch that Bill Pullman fell into <laughs> and claim it to be like your own Starting grave, to look that's that what's way. Happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Devin Sawa turns back into a ghost. And now Kat's just kissing a, co- a cold face of translucentness. But what does he have to lose? He just goes in. He's like, my timer's up. I'm going to keep this kiss going. Like, 
fuck all these kids. They're going to clear out of my house. Yeah, no, I don't. Because I'm a ghost, goddammit. I'm it. not saying that he did anything that is against character. This makes total sense for him to do. But he turns into a ghost, and now all the kids are still looking at him because they're confused about who these two people are, probably relatives. And then they're like, that's, <laughs> that's a ghost. Full commitment. <laughs> that's a ghost. And they all scream, and they run out. Even the silly teacher who was like, this isn't my responsibility. We're at a house, not the school. So all the kids run away screaming, and Kat's like, that wasn't bad from a first party, but Dr. Harvey, he's like, oh, ho, ho, I got drunk and died earlier. This night's just <laughs> beginning. And because it's a kid's movie, you have to end with a dance number. So the ghostly trio start rocking out to Little Richard's Casper the Friendly Ghost. This is the strangest thing that these kids just ran screaming out of this house and they go into this song and the lyrics go, Casper the Friendly Ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. Though grownups might look at him with fright, the children all love him so. Apparently not. <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of weird ripoff of Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's kind of in the same melody, isn't it, huh? Kind of. It could be. It's a good question. It's the Frosty the Snowman of Halloween. I feel like that's like the actual <laughs> Casper theme song from like the show back way back when, though. Yeah. No, I just thought it was funny that literally the kids run screaming, screaming from away. this. And less than a minute later, you hear the children all love him so. Yeah, it's just people not giving a shit that's anymore. Like, nope. Guys, we did the song. Remember the Hot Tub Time Machine song? Yeah. And I love how, just in case you didn't know this was Little Richard, one of the ghostly trio pops through, probably Stretch or something like that. It's totally Stretch. As Little Richard's singing, and you finally get your end credits. Thank God, because that is Casper from 1995, directed by Brad Silberling. This movie's a lot hornier than I remember. Same. Yep. I don't recall that at all. <laughs> it's weird when you watch kids' movies with adult eyes that like you have this nostalgia around, and then it gets like just a little tainted. A little bit. I still, I, I'm still looking at it through nostalgia glasses a lot. There's... I have the same issue with Muppet Treasure Island, but I am giving this movie way more leniency. Like, I'm going to watch this more and enjoy it still. Yeah. But also, like, at the same time, I'm going to watch it and be like, this is weird. Especially, like, the first thing I really noticed was when he was like, yeah, you're in junior high. And I'm like, wait, how old is, how old is she in this? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm trying to figure out, like, the ages. Because when you're a kid, you don't care. But, right. like, now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cringe yeah it's a lot of cringe that's for sure quite a bit of cringe in there old casper the savvy ghost (laughs) he's a lot of things as a ghost he's horny he's pervy he's savvy he's friendly let's never forget he's so he's so friendly overly friendly ghost. casper the nice guy ghost he could have been one of the uncles huh eventually that's kind of his dream to get there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, kid, you gotta fuck to be one of the uncles. It's stretch, stinky, fatso, and creepy. <laughs> it's like Walt Disney's weird fetishistic wet dream. That's why Mel Gibson was in here. That's right. <laughs> we figured it out. Finally, mystery solved. Let me ask you boys this. Lead off with Sean. Rotten Tomatoes, 1-100. What do you think? 57. Brian. 70. Yeah, 50 on the nose. Damn. People are just like, yeah, this is fine. Audience score is 49%. So kind of backs it up just a little bit there. Roger Ebert did see this movie. He gave it three out of four stars, and he said 
it's easy to see why Casper the Friendly Ghost has such an appeal for small children. <laughs> they have so much in common with him, since they, too, feel invisible and misunderstood and remember little of their earlier lives. It's true. He is reassuring in a universe of scary ghosts. It's nice to know that there's one on your side. The Casper comics did not survive into the current age of Megadoom superheroes, but their memory did. And now here is Casper, a high-tech special effect extravaganza starring his friendliness. His friendliness. Well, his, did he just dub him? He did dub him. Well, his psychological evaluation of this movie makes me feel super weird. Well, that's actually pretty on par for Roger Ebert, believe it or not. <laughs> he goes on to say, There's been a lot of speculation about the coming age of computerized performances in the movies, when we will see whole characters made up of bits and bites. Jessica Rabbit was such a creation, and now Casper and his uncles, Stretch Stinky and Fatso, dominate a movie that essentially stars computer programming. Ghosts offer, to be sure, certain advantages to programmers, since their bodies are soft and changeable, but their faces display a full range of emotion, and they are as real as the human characters in the film, which I suppose is a two-edged compliment. Could you imagine having, like, characters that aren't people? I mean, they had to act to tennis balls. That's true. But it was sort of believable. And I wish someone would have told George Lucas this five years later from like Phantom Menace. Like, no, you can do it. I don't know what your problem is, George. Go watch Casper. It's been done. But I think he's really right. I mean, look at what James Cameron did with Avatar, the other blue people. Jimmy Cams? That's kind of what I was getting at earlier is you can take, you know, what they did with this movie and then you see what they did. When did Avatar come out? Like 2008, 2009. And, you know, that's only 14, 15 years later. And the advances in that, like, I think he nails it on, hits it on the nose just in what terms, in terms of what people were doing with movies at this time. Just really impressive. You're not wrong. And this is sort of a bit of a landmark and we're going to get there. But this was something that we hadn't seen yet. Exactly. Which is pretty wild that it's a Casper movie. Yeah. The, the thing I think is just the potential behind it. Just watching it and going, wow, think of all the things you could do. If this is, if this is the only thing that existed, it's like, damn. We can do anything now. On Amazon.com, this thing has a 4.7 out of 5 stars. 84% are 5 star. 1% are 1 star. I think the weirder part about this is when you search Casper on Amazon, it comes up as a mattress. And that's real poor marketing on Casper the Friendly Ghost's behalf. <laughs> Same thing happens on Google. And I was like, no, Casper movie. I had to write movie every time. Got real frustrating at a point. Being such a landmark film, not a bullshit mattress. Also, this show is brought to you by Casper. <laughs> be a weird time to break that one out. <laughs> uh, you remember the time in this movie where Christina Ricci used Devin Sawa's ghost as a pillow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, that's probably where they got the idea from. They're like, oh, man, Christina Ricci laying on a ghost. What do you think that felt like? Oh, every side of Casper is the cool <laughs> side of the Casper. True. That's Casper Mattress. Get yours today. Pretty much on Amazon, all the parents just complained about the language. That's it. They said bitch twice. They did. There's a goddamn, there was a hell. And I love how these parents never would spell out the word. Oh, they, <laughs> they used Like It made the me so happy. Word. And I just want to like type to all them and be like, what did you mean to say? I actually don't know. Those parents were not from Maine. No, they weren't. In Maine, they're famously a filthy mouse. <laughs> you maniacs. Oh, God. <laughs> it's close to French Canada. There's no filter. A letterbox at least had things to say. So from June 28th, 2012, quote, can I keep you? When you're a kid, that's the most adorable, cutest, sweetest thing you've ever heard. When you're a grown-up, 
that's the creepiest, scariest thing you've ever heard. As a pickup line, it just might work. Oh, that's so funny you say that. Because Devin Sawa actually, in a 2016 interview, was asked if he ever uses the line as a pickup line. And he's like, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) He actually said, I haven't said those words since I shot Casper. Never. Never. That's the right move by Devin Sawa. Very shy about stuff like that. So I don't think I could ever muster up the courage to use it as a pickup line. But I get it at least once a day, at least, especially on Twitter. Twitter's a dangerous place. Or someone will tweet me the video like I haven't seen it. From October 3rd, 2017, quote, there's a girl on my bed. Yes, unquote. I guess I just wasn't prepared for Casper to be quite so, dot, 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 horny. Horny, Casper, the horny ghost, the horniest ghost you know. I just like how everyone's like watching this movie now with, horny glasses on like the secret's out this is a very horny movie it is you can't miss it as a kid you absolutely can oh yeah i'm talking about as as an an adult adult. forget it no that's over yeah sherry stoner and deanna oliver have something to say (laughs) they do they should be in ghost therapy because their careers are dead so (laughs) whoever wrote this movie needs to be in therapy that's them those were the writers Uh, okay you nailed it from october 29th 2019 watched casper so many times as a kid but I don't remember ever getting this flustered by over-scholarly widower. Can't even say widower. Widower. There, I did it. Bill Pullman with his glasses and sweater get up. <laughs> so they're horny for the ex I was film say, president. Looks like Casper isn't the only horny thing on a revisit. No. <laughs> and I think the weirdest thing about Letterboxd, I'm going to read this last one, is it goes by likes. Like the amount of things that people like. The top ones have the most likes. Okay. So it's like Reddit. Sure, but this one had 453 likes. This was the top one. And all it says is this, but they all have thick New York accents. <laughs> Why did that get the most likes by like 150? <laughs> it like blew my mind. It's like, hey, hey, can I keep you? I mean, Stretch was already pretty much there. He was more or less there, but he wasn't horny. That's true. That's all I got a letterbox. I can't figure out the mystery of that last one. It's just Brad Garrett going, Raymond, more gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. I, I might as well be. I wish it was. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Let's do that. Start off with story motivation. Story motivation? There's, there's not a lot of story. <laughs> there's a... Very thin story. Uh, I would shit. You would? Sto- story and moti- <laughs> story <laughs> motivation, 0.25 tops. No, I won't even go that high. I'm, I'm going with zero tops. in my book. You guys are insane. There's four separate stories going on here. And they all wrap up real nice with a That doesn't mean they're good. They're thrown into this movie out of nowhere. And they're like, we're out of time? We're out of time. Okay, we're out of time. Let's just wrap this thing up. (laughs) Tossing 12 random things together doesn't make a story, and the motivation is the most thinly veiled thing in the entire thing that wraps up in the last minute and a half of the movie. The motivation, I'm not even sure what it is, because it should be Casper's motivation. Oh, I'm only picturing Bill Pullman's motivation. Oh, that's funny. You can also picture Cat's motivation. Because I think Cat is the main character of the movie, personally. (laughs) And that in itself is a huge problem. (laughs) That's that's showing a lot of issues here, guys. (laughs) Zero. Guess it's a zero. Hero. <laughs> I don't know. It's Casper. I think we just mentioned that all three of us were looking at different people. Which is a problem because you have the horny one, 
Yep. You have the loner. The loner, Dottie Rebel. And you have the guy who actually has a proper motivation, but doesn't even believe the shit that he's selling. Exactly. Is is Kat the only one without a weird agenda? Like she just wants to be a normal kid and stop she being moved all over the place? For the most part. Yeah. And I don't even know if she has a home at the end of this thing because Carrigan died. Right. And yeah. Are they just squatting at this point? <laughs> <laughs> it's a condemned house. Like, are they even allowed to be living there? It's a great to question. To begin with? Uh, zero again. Yeah. It's uh, it's another zero. Villains. It's probably Carrigan, even though she's fridged for most of the movie. I feel like yeah. it's got to be Carrigan, but yeah, I she's barely She's going it. on like this treasure hunt at the beginning, how she wants to tear down the house. She has this map or yeah. whatever it is. There's treasure in the house. And then she's just gone throughout the entire second act. And all of a sudden, she's outside a window. Is she even like, man, it's so weird because until the end of the movie, yeah, she's a douchebag. But until the end of the movie, like, I wouldn't even say she's a villain. She owns a freaking house. She's trying to get ghosts out of the house. She's and actually it, more of the protagonist. She <laughs> yeah. has more motivation than anybody else in the movie, well, except for maybe Dr. Harvey. But he, again, he doesn't believe his own shit. So. Like, Casper's the bad guy here. He is going to jail for grooming. Oh, man. Casper should be the bad guy here. You're right. Do we need to reboot this movie with Kerrigan as the, the protagonist? Be <laughs> it's not like a karate kid bomb. situation. <laughs> uh, zero again? What about Stretch, Stinky, and Fatso? Well, what about them? They're pretty antagony. They're henchy, if anything, to the house. Henchy to the house? The house isn't even a character. Maybe that's the problem. This house should have been a character. I agree. The house should have been a character. That, I agree with that too. Like their their hunch their hunches with like loyalty to, to the to their house. It, but even then, it, that's just it, that's a reachy. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna do it two more times. Start the cycle again. <laughs> we don't got time for that. <laughs> Is it another zero? I think it might be. It's gonna really bum me out if this gets a really low score. It's gonna get a really low score, and it sucks. Sorry, that we Brian. All like hey, it, hey, so. guess what? Guess what? Parents. They're all we, dead. Yeah, but we don't know who the lead is. You can't just start throwing out dead parents when we actually don't know who's the lead of this movie. I don't think it matters if every character has dead parents. But to be fair, no matter whose parents it is, they all, even Casper's dad made the Lazarus machine. And died before he could finish it. Yeah. But so then he every should be a ghost as well. You know what? Dead is dead. Let's go one. Fine. Call it a day. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> Female characters. Uh, you got a loner. Dottie a rebel. Who is not alone at all in this movie, ever. Not once. Emotionally, Dave. She's she not. friends a ghost. Which is badass, though. That is pretty badass. How desperate do you have to be to be friends with a ghost, though? How many chances do you get to be a friend with a ghost? I mean, that opportunity came up. They're like, hell yeah, let's they do had, this. Ghost. They had weeks to be there, and I... within weeks, she's making out with a ghost. <laughs> It felt more like days, when and that's a problem, that way, too. It sounds so weird. <laughs> Carrigan sucks. We know that. Yes. Dead mom has no finished business. She's out there now. She's an angel. Fine. She sets a time limit on a kid who's not her own, which is kind of a bitch move there. And uh, then she just fucks right off after telling James that he's doing an okay job. She tells him he's doing good. He's just a few weird things. And then corrects him. I'm the only married one here. I know what that's code for. <laughs> You're doing a great job, but stop doing this. You're doing a wonderful job raising the children, but let me list out things that are wrong. I actually like Kerrigan quite a bit as a villain and as a female character. I think she's actually a very strong female character. So... And I don't hate Kat, even though she does get taken advantage of by Casper quite a bit. Um, but she's also 14. 
This is like <laughs> Casper's twelve. So okay, but he's also a ghost who looks like a big bulbous light bulb that's clear. So it's like Sounds even less. I, I don't know. I think that she was a pretty pretty good representation of like a fourteen year old girl. If anything, she was a little. She was strong. She and sold st- the like, shit out of fourteen year old girl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's fourteen or fifteen when she did this. Yeah, so, so she should. <laughs> <laughs> but Easy sell. I think her character was good in terms of like her like that drive with her dad and she's like listen I, I've moved nine times in the last year I don't have any friends yeah like I, I well I guess that doesn't she advocates for herself a woman but she's so like a point strong two character five. I want a point five perfect I had to say a number so you guys would agree <laughs> or disagree we can move it along setting it's friendship main and it actually is friendship main it is but then they shot the majority of the movie just on a set, because this house does not exist. In a house that should have been its own character. Should have been. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a .25, because there's nothing main about this. But... The outside of the house looked faker than the ghosts. <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. And the, cl- the cliff it was on didn't look very much like main. That was famous main cliffs. Uh, .25 for setting. Even, ugh, it hurts. Style and tone. Now, this one's weird, because... Yeah, it was directed by Brad Silberling, who I have to keep looking at his name because yep. it's just not sticking in there. That's fair. But more importantly, the movie was shot by Dean Cundy. And when I saw that name, I went, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> because Dean Cundy is one of the most famous cinematographers of the past 30 years, 40 years maybe? Wow. He shot Jurassic Park. He shot Apollo 13. He shot the entire Back to the Future series. He shot Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then, unfortunately, he also shot The Parent Trap, The Flintstones, Hook, and Casper. I'm not sure any of those were bad-looking movies. He's the Nicolas Cage of cinematographers. Nice. He's pretty much like the white gloves holding shit. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I think the movie looks really, really good. And obviously, production-wise, he had to learn how to film a lot of these things with the tennis balls and having these actual characters, right. these lead characters, not being there. It's all new. I understand. Yeah. He, but he also did Roger Rabbit, so it's not terribly new. That's true. You're still- So he's the right guy to bring on board to do this. Yeah. Still rigging things to, to interact with your live actors. I'm going to go one. I think I completely agree with that. I think this movie looks great. I think they did amazing job mixing this new technology, this- at, at this level, because CGI existed, but they hadn't done it at this extreme yet. No, this was the most extreme, and they pulled it off really, really well. Really well. It stands up today. I think the CGI still looks great. Completely agree. One. And that brings us to music. It's James fucking Horner. Negative one. Get out and of it here. It just does not work for me as a Stop James it. Horner thing. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. You guys are all batshit crazy. I only said negative one because there's no Mariah Carey. Other than that, (laughs) 0.5. Jimmy Horns is Jimmy Cam's boy. Yeah. The gyms stick together like a slim and a a gym. No, they don't. Because if they did, then Jimmy Cam's would have went down in the plane with Jimmy Horns in 2015. That's fair. It's so forgettable. I like the Casper the Friendly Ghost song. I think that's pretty good. But the movie is just completely forgettable when it comes to the music. I disagree. The score is like background ambiance. As it should be. But it should be appropriate. And to me, I think that it's just too much of a weird mixture of proper music and then just score just thrown about there. When I saw James Horner, I went, <laughs> what a waste. That's, wow. I had a completely different reaction. I was like, 
James Horner. Oh, that checks out because I think this music is really good, especially in like the scene where you get the reveal of Amelia that it's just fatso. I think they played that perfectly. Then let's give it a point five and split the difference. Guess that's the move. One liners. I got nothing except can I keep you? And that's just too creepy. Can I keep you is iconic. Ask any girl who watched this movie in 1995. That is the one that stands the test of time, but that is the only one that I can think of. This movie has so many one-liners. I think it's a point five, but I know you're going to fight me on that. If you think it is, I'm not going to fight you on that. I know this is like your baby, because you like watching siblings kiss and then one turns that's into not, a ghost, or whatever you said. That's not quite what I said. <laughs> they could be cousins. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thank you for, uh, was that supposed to be defending? I don't know. I got know. your back. Point five. The final category is impact on the genre. I don't think it did a lot for the genre itself. I think it had more of an impact on the industry, though. It had, yeah. Yes. That's unfortunately not where we are. That is true. It had a very big impact on the industry, which in turn affects the genre, because the genre is part of the industry. It's <laughs> a real Christina Ricci right that's there. That's a Ricci. <laughs> I'm kind of going like a point two five. I know this is one that we kind of grew up with. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. So it's not like it didn't do anything. Like, you guys have seen this thing so many damn times. I've seen it a whole bunch. Yeah. I think it's all right. I think a point two five is pretty legit. Worldwide, it did $287 million on a $50 million budget. It got two sequels, an animated series. It got two sequels? Direct-to-video sequels. Oh, uh, okay. And they were both kind of like soft reboots. <laughs> soft so. reboot this. <laughs> you just do a different. We gotta make them friendlier, damn it! <laughs> Less rapey. <laughs> Bring in Wendy next time. So, a point five and call it a day. I think point five call it a day. It's good. I agree. I'm okay with that. All right, that's gonna give Casper a total score of four point two five. I'm all right with that. It's a good movie. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy as all hell, but... It definitely is different It's a ghost now. movie. It should be creepy. Not in that way, Different maybe, kind of but creepy, but I, I respect. <laughs> it's enjoyable. So I guess next question is, Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're we'll talking about what if... At the time you're listening to this right now, the series has ended, and I know you're dying to know what we thought about it. So we're going to... Uh, we're going to feed you, baby bird. We're going to bang it all out in one episode. Bam, all of what if, all at once. I'm so happy that there's some that we really loved and some that we really didn't love, so we could just kind of brush over some of them. Yeah, it'll make it a lot easier than doing a whole episode on the non-loved ones. Exactly. So next week, what if? Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, join us on Patreon. It is October. We are raising money for Extra Life. Everything that we get this month on Patreon is going directly to the charity, and we're talking about a banger of a movie with Super Mario Brothers which at, th at this point has already come out. And just keep your eyes peeled because there might be another thing coming out later in the month. Maybe just a little bit of a secret. It's a tiny little secret. A secret in the form of something that we've never tried before. <laughs> and we're going to try it, damn it. Speaking of Patreon, huge shout out to Cubicle Monkey and Phil Hawkins for your increased donation. Extremely generous. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. And so far, we are doing awesome on the Patreon front, raising money for kids. We also got another pledge, uh, a, a donation increase from Rich Michaels. Oh, dear. The look that you had in your face that there was something attached to that. He also left a, a message um, oh, unrelated to the, the <laughs> pledge increase. I don't know that he intended to write a poem, but he did. He definitely did not. Holy Grail, 
holy shit, great job, best yet. <laughs> All right. Mm. There you go. Yeah. It's a haiku it's a from a, a dad, a dad haiku, if you will. <laughs> yeah, he also gave us a generous increase of 50 cents. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we got to earn it with him. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> got to try harder. That was our best yet. It earned us half a dollar. Oh, goody. <laughs> Also live on Patreon right now is the post for our stretch goals for Extra Life. When we hit our next goals, which are 350 and 500, we will be doing more listener-requested episodes. No, no, no. Not just listeners. Not just listeners. Patron-requested. The patrons are taking over the show and helping out Ebert and guiding his bony finger to those choices. So the next couple of Eberts that you hear, they're coming directly from our patrons. That's right. As long as we hit those goals. We've already hit the first one, so we already know the next Ebert will be chosen by Patreon. So you can actually go on there right now and vote for what you want to listen to from the Ebert list. After you subscribe. After subscribe. Of course. You have to subscribe to be able to comment. Also, be sure to like and follow us on all of our social media, at Kate Podcasters, on Instagram, on Twitter, where we tried to put up a post today because Facebook was down. And then we got Facebook up anyway. We did it. We, we battled through. Fuck you, Zuck. I got you. <laughs> We got our post up asking for your questions and comments about Casper. Dave, what do we have? We got a whole bunch. Mike Lanham, he wrote three questions. We're long already, so uh, one, two, or three. You guys pick. Three. Three. Perfect. It's kind of weird because it's the last one. He says, and while we're on the subject of 90s child actors, so you can imagine the two that came before, <laughs> did any of you watch the Kid 90 documentary from Salil Moon Fry, a.k.a. Punky Brewster? It's on Hulu. I probably said her name wrong, but I didn't watch Punky Brewster. That's on me. I think I saw an episode of that show once. Uh, no, I have not watched. Well, we that. shouldn't have picked three then. Was... Sorry, Mike. Whoops. There you go. <laughs> you lost the lottery, son. <laughs> Bill Hawkins wrote in. He said, when the ghost of Roger Ebert eventually picks the Fellowship of the Ring, Ugh. can you make sure Sean is on that episode too? Oh, I, I want to fucked. hear those two miserable fucks cry a river over a cinematic <laughs> masterpiece and share in each other's torment. Oh, my face. I feel like like while you're reading that, I had no idea where that was going in my face. As soon as you said Lord of the Rings, just scrunched up from the first time that I thought Casper was going to do something naughty. <laughs> like, it, it was the same exact expression. I could use the moral support. Phil, as a personal thank you for your amazing donation, I'll speak for both of them and say yes. Ugh, That's fucked up. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> You dear miserable fuck's gonna cry a river. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to give it a super, a not so super stuff score of three. That's too high. Well, that's not cool. I can't wait to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Miners said, "Who's the better Bill? Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton?" Oh, that's fun. Pullman. You, you sure. can't beat Pullman in Independence Day ever. You can't beat Pullman. Pullman in Spaceballs. That's also true. Pullman's not a ghost, so. He inherently wins. You're saying that life beat Paxton? That's the problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like my movie stars alive. Thank you. <laughs> the Experience Grind podcast, so I'm just assuming Kyle, wrote, did you have the collectible rubber hand puppets that were a promotional tie-in with Pizza Hut? He says he remembers having them, but now they're lost to time, just like tears in the rain. I had the Flipper one. You remember when uh, the Flipper movie from the 90s came out and uh, Pizza Hut came out with like those little dolphin like finger puppets. I don't remember those, but I did have the Casper ones that Kyle is talking about. Did you ever go up to anyone and just ask, can I keep you with it? No. 
That's definitely the right answer. <laughs> the last one that we have is from Captain Spoiler Micah. He says, who's excited for the charity stream? Oh, very excited. Super hyped. It's going to be a good time. I'm actually taking way more days off than I normally would to do anything like this. So I'm excited to fucking relax, see some people, raise some money for the kids. So folks, go to the Caped Podcasters Patreon and give them some money because that money is going to go to the kids. We're just going to boost up our money raising efforts. So yeah, and also they rock. So just give them money to begin with. Thanks, man. But everyone should tune into the Experience Grime Twitch channel. The day of the stream, November 12th. It's a 24-hour thing. Tune in any time. We're going to be there. Yeah, exactly. You can't miss us unless you tune in on like the 11th or the 13th or whatever it might be. You fuck up too hard. <laughs> in which case, don't tune in. From, we don't want you. From the 12th into the 13th. So, you know. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's just a 24-hour long period of time. Guys, for real, tune into the charity stream. Keep donating. It's all going to a great cause. The Extra Life Foundation, which benefits Children's Miracle Network. I know you guys are probably tired of us saying that, but tough shit. It's going to be three more weeks of it. Yeah. So probably even longer than that. Deal with it. Donate. Do the right thing. It's for the kids. Sean, buddy, thank you so much for joining us for this one. Thank you guys for bringing me on and, you know, subsequently just destroying an aspect of my childhood. <laughs> but hey, that's what we're all here for. Watch some stuff. Maybe it holds up. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm just glad that you guys thought of me and brought me on for this. Because it was a lot of fun. I love chatting with you guys. From now on, anytime I think about ruining childhoods, I'll make sure to include you. <laughs> First call I make. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucked up, but I deserve that. <laughs> guys, go check out Experience Grind. Uh, they're doing awesome stuff over there. Thanks, buddy. They're all over the place. You know how to find them. You know where they are. And Kyle's going to be here in a few weeks also, hanging out with us to talk Toxie 3. But we're not there yet. Nice. That's going to we'll be a great there. episode as well. I can't wait. You guys put out such awesome content. You guys already know that. Y'all are listening here. Unless you came over to listen to me, which I don't know why you would. But if that's the case, stick around for all the rest of their stuff because they rock. Just trying to get those ghost friends that you have. I guess new (laughs) listeners. Yeah. All those people you took pictures of in Iceland. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) He calls them friends. (laughs) Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. Sean, thank you again. Next week, we're going to be talking what if. Same pod time. Same pod dips. Dips.